This is Raymond Lee, and you are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. I'm Christopher DeFilippis, and we've come to the last in our series of interview redo specials featuring the interviews we did with the cast and crew of the Quantum Leap Revival series throughout Season 1, most of which appeared only on our YouTube channel. And we are at... Episode 18, Judgment Day, the Season 1 Finale. And we're celebrating this grand event with a lineup of Quantum Leap's biggest and brightest. First, Albie, Matt, and I catch up with PQL's number one frenemy, Georgina Riley. She shares her journey as Janice throughout the first season in a wild and unpredictable chat. I mean, really, she is just the greatest. Then Albie and I speak to the big bad of the season, Leaper X himself, Walter Perez. Then we go from the big bad to the big cheese. Matt and I are lucky enough to interview Quantum Leap executive producer Martin Garrow, who tells us about producing season one and what we might expect for season two. That's coming soon. And then we go out with a bang as Albie, Matt, and I conduct a roundtable interview with series stars Raymond Lee. Caitlin Bassett, and Nan Rissa Lee. I mean, we've spoken to all three of them individually, but this is the first time we got them together, and they were just a riot. You're going to love it. Eternal thanks to our producers, Harold Sullivan, Glenda Palma, Chris, a.k.a. Brackmang, Mike Covert, Jeff Kiska, Craig Riedler, Cosplay Dad, Charles Allen Gossard, and Morgan Felden. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast to learn how you can be as amazing as these individuals and all of our other Patreon supporters. And tune in to the Quantum Leap Season 2 premiere on Wednesday, October 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Now, let's get leaping. Hello, listeners. This is Chris, and I am joined by Matt and Albie. And today we are very thrilled to be welcoming back Georgina Riley, Janice herself. Georgina, welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. And my bangs. The bangs are back. I know there's some <laughs> about that. Well, welcome yeah. to us. <laughs> The bangs are back. So, so you are the same Georgina Riley who's been in every episode of the season. You weren't swapped out. <laughs> Conspiracy theories abound that your evil twin <laughs> jumped in. But most of the time, no offense, but most of the time, if I change my hair, my husband doesn't notice. So I'm fa- I'm fascinated by by this that people are like it's a different bangs are just tricky and and when you don't shoot, you know, I shoot so spread out that you know it, I, this is such a silly thing to be talking about, but it, it just becomes an issue because if you have one person who does them and then the other person doesn't mm-hmm. do them, this it just becomes. And I'm very particular about how they're cut so you know so yeah this is this is like coming in in media res right so Matt, do you maybe want to explain why we're talking about georgina's bangs and the the conspiracy theory that which which was the episode that ended with you with you saying it's ziggy um is that it's the one before friendly skies right uh ben uh, ben song for the defense or ben interrupted Ben Interrupted, I think. There there was a conspiracy theory online that there was a different Georgina Riley for Ben Interrupted uh, because of the hairstyle continuity, which which I I buy. For a series that's complex, I I buy that. I have very specific teeth. My teeth, you'd have to get a whole mold. Like, it would be pretty, I don't know how they would do that, but... Hey, at least I'm I'm versatile as an actor. I guess it means you know suddenly I just yeah. look completely different. So I, great. I think people were saying it was the makeup too. Did you have a different makeup person for that episode than previous it's episodes? So amazing! I can't believe the attention to detail. I think I <laughs> I think I did 
partway through an episode. But also mm. you have to think with, I know these shows, it's like everything kind of looks the same. But if you're under house arrest, I don't know if she's getting her bank cut. Like just <laughs> lock her like unless I'm having my mom do them, I guess, or having it's someone under the house. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We're just doing it. Amateur. Yeah. Look at the bangs. No, yeah. It's, you know, it doesn't. Anyway, that was my, I was like, wouldn't I be? But maybe I was being too, I understand now. This makes a whole lot of sense of why continuity in certain things Mm -hmm. is very, is required. And that ties well, in the we universe. Yeah, because Beth, I believe the first time Later. we met Beth, she was, she no, was, was Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been great talking. <laughs> <laughs> See you all next time on the podcast. You're in a question. We were being silly. What's happening? <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying this fits in in universe now, too, because the first time we met Beth, she was rocking some serious bangs. So she was mm-hmm. probably doing uh, Janice's hair while they were under house arrest. And, yeah. you know, it. It was nostalgia time. Yeah, we were having a great time. Great time together. <laughs> I so she had to keep you away from the tea. But. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. She got over it. I actually love that moment in that episode where um, when her and Magic are at the door <laughs> and my character's a bit like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I don't oh. like it. Or the season deal's like, what, what have you done now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did uh, Susan come back for that latest uh, door answer or was that filmed uh, when she filmed previous episodes? No, she came back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These scripts come in pretty right before shooting a lot. So Mm. no, she was, you know, re a lot of these things happen fast. I'm, I'm, I'm the speed is, is wild. So I I guess the last time we spoke to you, uh, we had just seen the episode where Jen finds you in Belize. Am I right about that, Matt? Right before, yeah, that. I think so because we we see we'd seen the screener, so we hadn't seen. Oh, maybe it was the one before that because we we hadn't seen her being brought back to Project HQ, right? So, which is at the end yeah. of the Belize episode. So, yes, because I remember we were saying, oh, we, we hope you get to uh, to engage with the project team uh, soon, yeah, and of course, the very next episode, there you were being led in in, in handcuffs. I yeah. know. Yeah, that was when you interviewed me, and I was like, well, if we just talked like next week. Um, <laughs> Yes. Yes. That was where I was. I was in Belize and then pulled out. I do wonder what happened in my imaging chamber there. Mm. <laughs> just, I think know? that's going to be an Easter egg for season two, right? Plotline so for season there. two. Somebody else discovers the imaging chamber. You just get random people no turning idea. up in the middle of the leaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's true be, because. Be- yeah. And there's, there's a version of Ziggy still sitting around in that basement as well. So, mm-hmm. oh my God, I said Ziggy and my Alexa just went on because I named it Ziggy. It's going oh. on and off like crazy now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I guess that'd be a good place to start. Um, how was it to finally get onto the standing set and to work with the ensemble cast and to, to be able to interact with somebody besides, you know, Magic and Jen at the door? Uh, I, I want to know all about that, you know? Yeah, it was really fun, um, especially the relationship with Caitlin, um, with Addison, because there's so much underlying that, which I think is really interesting because it's like my fiance was hanging out with this chick for like how long? Like, you know what I mean? It is a very, and they had all this thing in common that I had no idea about and they understood each other so much more than I understood him. Like all the information I have, which 
you know, with this show is obviously kept kind of under wraps because there's so much, you know, there's so much to get through and story and everything. But I always found that relationship really interesting to me. And in the scenes with Caitlin, I, you know, I would, I would, I would have for, as an actor, I like to have my little secrets, like things that I'm deciding to have, whether they're played in the scene or whether the audience ever knows about them. It just makes it more interesting for me. And I, you know, I think that, I don't know, there was like a bond between um, Raymond's character and mine for, for this, you know what I mean? The secret time. And then she meets Caitlin finally, which is, well, Addison, sorry, I keep using everybody's names to, you know, to finally meet the person that we're trying to save. And I obviously have my own agenda within this. I'm not there just for that purpose, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it was really fun and it creates, I think, I think it's more interesting for shows to have some sort of antagonist to their, cause they have such a like bubble and they're all like love each other that I think it's good to have somebody come in and just sort of, you know, shake it up a little bit, but maybe they actually aren't a bad person. They just have a different viewpoint on how things should be done. And how much did you know about that at the start of the season? How much were you able to start preparing for that in the early episodes? I know you said the scripts come in uh, as you're filming, but in terms of that through line, no, I, not, not much, to be honest. Like I, I kind of, there were a lot of pieces. The writers were really amazing when, you know, when I was on set and I would talk to Drew Lindo a lot about, cause he wrote a, a few of my episodes and um, some of my favorite stuff. I, and um, I would ask him a lot of questions about like, well, what does Janice know? And what does Janice not know? And what is Janice, what are you thinking the plan is? Cause it would change my performance here for a later thing. And I really tried to think with what I could plot. I mean, the good thing about acting is that you can, you can edit something to work. So even if there was something later, you can make it, you can make it work. So it's not, it's not too, it's not going to ruin it. But as an actor, it is nice to know because it gives you more things to play with, especially when you are, I am a big part of delivering the, the information about Ziggy and the way that quantum leap works and the science behind everything. So, um, I don't know. It's nice to also have those, like an actual personality and a viewpoint on the people in the situation as well. But I didn't get a lot. So I kind of just, you know, that's what's fun. I just make up my own stuff and show up and it gets changed or it doesn't or, you know, just details. I just want to jump in since you mentioned that and ask about uh, one of the things that you started doing more of in the second half of the season was the some of the technical and time travel mechanics exposition. How was that? Was that was that interesting <laughs> to have to deliver some of those? Well, just to have to deliver some of those technical info dumps, which have to happen in a show like this. I think you know. I played a doctor on a show for five years, so I I actually enjoy jargon because I think there's something fun about. I don't know. I get my dictionary out and I look up the stuff as best I can and understand how it works or I'll make drawings of like the stuff. Cause otherwise I can't remember how am I going to, you know, a person who is a scientist or is a doctor understands things like in the, you know, that they work within the tools. So if you're just trying to remember words and you don't have an actual thing to associate with, like if you're doing a surgery, you know exactly what you would do physically. Do you know what I mean? So if you're <laughs> talking about something, I actually really enjoy it. I find, I think it's a fun challenge to, deliver those things in a way that can be interesting enough for the audience, but also clear enough for the audience, but also as a real person, it's a fun challenge. Sometimes you're like, you know, obviously the emotional scenes and all that kind of stuff was fun, but I think it's just a part of the job. And 
I had, it was cool because I had so many questions from it. So I'd be like, well, wait, if this works this way, then how does that work? So that's kind of fun. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure. I, but don't ask me because I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I just press buttons. We spend a good deal of every podcast asking, well, if this works this way, how does this work this way? And what do we know about Quantum Leap? And I think one of the best episodes that they gave you uh, since we spoke last was Leap, Die, Repeat, because you got to explain the entire thing. And it struck me in that episode that Janice just walks in like she owns the project because she seemed to be instrumental in everything going right up to the point where Magic said, you can't be part of this. And it's... It's odd because it seems like she knows more about the project than most people in the control room do, but you sell it so well. So is that part of like some of you were talking before about I come in with some secrets about what I know, but they don't know. And it's not even in the script. But I mean, could you could you point to maybe an example of that that helped you sort of round out the character and give you that gravitas once you were there on set? I just I'm just smart. (laughs) I'm I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) um wow thank you um i i guess you know i think she's written really fun in that i think she just has the writing is just very confident and certain it's like it's this it's this it's this so it's one in the words because there's no she's never like confused particularly and even if there's a moment of like okay that's happening she can figure out, well, if that happens and this happens. And I just think she's been doing it way longer. Like, I just think it's been a childhood thing. And I think it's kind of like my 10,000 hours were clocked in ages ago, you know, whereas these guys, I mean, I don't have all their backstories and I don't know, but the team has been working on it for however many years. Do you know how many years? I actually don't, I don't know how many years. Yeah, five years. At least um, five. Yeah. Yeah, at least five. Yeah. And they still said they were like years away from Ben mm-hmm. leaping or Addison leaping originally, I guess. So they were they sort of in, got, yeah. they probably got debriefed five years ago on it and they probably obviously but they didn't know about it until that point, right? Mm-hmm. That no, probably- well we saw we saw in the finale that they were all together at the project which was built in nineteen ninety eight and Ben leapt in twenty twenty two. I'm, I'm 2018. sorry, it's, uh, 20, yeah. 2018. <laughs> I'm back on Sam's sign line. I'm sorry. It feels like 98 was five years ago sometimes. <laughs> so I, so, know, yeah. I was like, oh, 1998, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is, is like, I just think Janice has known about this just for so much longer. Mm, and I think right. that, you know, and, and has grown up around, mm. that's just normal. It's kind of like if you grew up with actors as parents. Do you know what I mean? You're going to understand all those things. Just even if you're not even going to do it, you just have this. It's it's just a part of who you are. Um, And so I think I think that's one. It's in the writing. It's in her. And I guess for me, I just decided I decided that I was like, hey, Janice has a purpose in being here. It's not just you're calling on me and I got to come in and do the thing. It's like I think she has an ulterior motive. So for me, it's like getting in there and handling this. I'm like, if Ben has to die for this or whatever has to happen for this, I'm, I think she's just sort of, I hadn't made a full decision about what I thought her full game plan was, but I knew that it was not 100% aligned with just what Ben wanted. Mm-hmm. That there was more to Janice's plan than just like, I'm here to help Ben. Because I don't think, I think she's just a bigger picture person than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just all headcanon for you to give the character a little bit more depth as you're playing them. Yeah, I just think, you know, 
it's hard being a guest star. When you come in, you don't have a through line a lot of the time. There's there's some things that are missing about your character. That's just the way it goes with guest stars or recurrings, and especially when you have a large ensemble. So you need to come in, one, to make it fun for you. Because I never want to show up and just be like, I'm here to do the lines and I'll put on the car. I don't, that's, to me, that's just one, not fun for me. And also not to my, in my opinion, like professional. So I, even if it's not going to be shown fully, I think when you have the details for yourself, other people like you picked up on those things. Do you know what I mean? Even though they're not necessarily in the right, you're not saying Janice is A, B, and C, but it's like, you have to make decisions when you create a character, regardless of how many lines you have. Cause some people be like, well, they just didn't really give me, like I talk to actors all the time about scripts or auditions. And it's like, well, there's just not much there. And you know, it's like, but you got to put something there. It's like, you know, that's kind of the job. Someone wrote the script yeah. and then you're like, rather than just give them back exactly what they wrote, you have to put in something, whether it's right or wrong, it's your art. So you're just like, here's my interpretation and whether that leads which way in the storyline. And sometimes if you're good at it, it can give you longevity as a character. If you decide, I remember doing a show and I was like, I was only coming in for two episodes and I was like, I'm gonna, I think that she is a crush on this guy. And if I don't, I'm going to put it, I'm going to play it that way because that's going to set up a storyline. And I think that's going to be more interesting and it's going to be better for me because then it will give me a storyline and it has to, you have to have a future, not just in life, but in your characters that they're trying to go somewhere and then you find it. So that's kind of, I guess that's what I think of. I don't think about it in that much detail. You just asked me about it. So I, I think it's just an automatic thing that I'm like, okay, where's this, where could this go? It would be interesting. And in that show, did, did that give you a storyline? Did you come back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe it was already there, but no one had told me. And I just thought, mm. I mean, there were glimmers of it, but I just went really committed to that. I didn't, because if you mm. also come in, like, if you think about it in life, things aren't interesting if they're maybes. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's a yes or like, go for the yes or the no will make you commit more to something, even in like, not just acting, like in life, you're like, no, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do it full. And then if it's wrong, well, well, just I'll change my plan, but I don't want to sort of kind of. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, um, the evolution that we saw of Janice, once she came into the project proper, she comes in in handcuffs. And, um, you know, you're being interrogated by the staff to the point where you're almost like a frenemy at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so you started out like basically trying to keep them in a holding pattern and, and keeping them guessing to increasingly cooperating. So did you see um, Janice's bigger picture in that? Or I mean, I'm just curious to know, like, how did you how did you evolve playing the character knowing that she was going to become more and more integrated do you still see her as maybe more sympathetic to them or she's still just playing her own game it's just so interesting to me because the character is such a wild card but you're also um, one of the only characters that has a legacy with the original project so there's a sense of ownership there and that's i think maybe that's what i was getting across the the, the sense that you have in the control room is like you belong there so yeah yeah. So I'm just curious to know like how, how you parse that and how you, how you threaded that needle. Well, I thought, I think Janice knows that she's smarter 
that's one thing. I just think that she, and she might not actually be, I think it could be her weakness actually, is that she thinks she's way ahead of them and she thinks she's way smarter. And maybe that's not, because there has to be a weakness in there to that ownership. And because that's also her Achilles heel. Like you see the scene with um, Ian where, uh, oh, where, where they say you, you, this was your legacy, you know, in that scene at the computer. And I go, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want to play it off as like, um, I wanted to be on it. Like, yeah, that's, is her weakness, this whole thing. It's her weakness and her strength. It's both. And I think that when she gets caught, I, we always had a question. I was like, did she want to get caught? Did she know she was going to get caught or was it, I got caught. So now I'm having to re, and I don't know if she wanted to get caught. I think she, she wanted to have the imaging chamber and she wanted to just bypass the whole thing and just handle Ben from her end. I think she'd rather not deal with other people, but that didn't happen. So then when she came in, she had to rework, okay, I'm here. And there are genuine concerns like in that, in that I love the interrogation episode because it builds like the first scene sort of like whatever magic, like I don't, you know, I'm, cause I'm still working it out in my head of like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Then, you know, uh, Jen comes in and I play her a different way. I use each one has a different tone to it in that, even though it's the same kind of scene, they're different people. And I try to be like, okay, what can I get out of Jen here? She admires me because I'm really smart. I know that's her thing. She's like, damn it. She's like a little bit better than me. So I played like, no, I think you're great too. You know, I think you're smart. Like she gives her that. Like that was a good sting. I would have done the same thing. Just soften her up because it's like, oh, this person, we are equal, you know. But then she gets me on this guy, on this name where I know about that. I don't know about that. I know it's coming, but I don't know what I need to know in the timeline. And then I have to, then I actually do show. So I think that, I think that, um, I don't think Janice is like a full villain because that's just not real to, I I think it's, her weakness is the program. And so if something goes, but she, and her weakness is her certainty and she holds them too tight that when something goes wrong, then her weakness shows, if that makes sense. So then by the time Addison gets in, I'm genuinely, I'm genuine in that scene. I'm like, I didn't want to meet you under these circumstances, but this is what you have to do. This is serious now. Like the scenes before are still like, you know, the Janice messing around kind of being like, I got to figure out what I'm doing here. But then once Addison comes in, it's like, no, you actually need to stop it. You have to stop talking because hmm. uh, your plan is going to go wrong and my plan. I don't care about your plan as much, but I care about it enough if it's going to support my plan. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, um, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> when you received the script for Judgment Day, did it differ from your thoughts on the way your character's arc would go over the season one? I, I'm not sure. I didn't know. Not completely. I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. Where's the scene where we have the argument? Is that in the one before? Which argument? Which argument? (laughs) (laughs) When I'm like, well, he's coming. When I'm like, don't go in there. Um, That's the one before. Friendly skies. Friendly skies. That's the one before. And then this one, I'm there for. I'm already there this whole time for this one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
No, I kind of, you know, me as Georgina is always like, I get a, you know, I kind of, there's the business side of this job and then there's the creative side. And, and I think you kind of balance like, you know, they have a whole show and a whole universe to create and I'm there to contribute to it. And so when I get a script, I obviously think like, oh, you could do this and this and this. Um, but I also can see why we do it, why we're doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a collaborative job in that way. And I think I have so many ideas for, for Janice and what she could do, or of course, because you think in that way when you're creating your character, like, like I said earlier, where they're going, but then you also have the side of like, you know, what a show needs and requires from its characters to push forward the overall story and where they're going. So no, I, I, I have no, do you know what I mean? So I kind of, it's a balance because otherwise you can get too, um, I don't know, especially in TV when things change so quickly and writing changes and you can get like, oh no, they're doing this. And then, you mm-hmm. know, so you have to sort of be flexible and kind of go with like, okay, this is what mm-hmm. they're doing. So how does that work for me? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely said things like, I don't think Janice would be like that. And then we'll have a discussion about, well, this is why. And I'm like, okay. And I can kind of, that's the job, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, being cognizant of all of those variables and the bigger picture, um, despite all that, did you have an idea of where you wanted Janice to wind up by the end of the first season? And how did that align with where we actually found her? Well, I always thought it'd be uh, – well, there was an idea I had had that I thought would have been really um, – the, I, I always wanted, I would, I mean, everybody wants to be the hologram. I mean, that's just a really fun job and you get to be a part of the leap and be in that world and, and be helping Ben. That's like just such a fun thing. And I think that's also like her legacy that, you know, that's what her dad did. So that would be, that would be very cool. I think for Janice, I don't know. I kind of, I mean, I would have loved, I loved working with Caitlin a lot and I always wanted to have more toe to, I wanted to go head to head with Caitlin more. I think those would have been really interesting scenes to discuss what Ben and I, you know, we never, it was always very at work. We're at work. So we never really got, it was all being said under fast dialogue and we're trying to handle the situation and Ben's in there. But I always thought it'd be so fun for like, I don't know. I thought it'd be really fun if Addison and Janice went out for drinks one time and they just got drunk and they just like hashed it out and it was just this whole thing. And I think they became like these frenemies, like they're friends, but they like, you know, they admire and respect one another. And, 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 you know, Caitlin, and I would joke about like, you know, obviously Caitlin could probably take me in a fight. Let's be real. Um, but like, a mental fight Janice would win like it was fun like that I always look for the conflict because that keeps things going and it's a fun game you know in acting to play so that's kind of what I would have that that would have been really fun and I because I always was like I don't know and you guys I mean you can tell me what you think is like I know that Janice kind of would end up being in the team but then I was also like would she end up being in the team do you know what I mean I think so. Um, yeah. I, I, I personally thought that that's where it was going to head inevitably mm-hmm. because she's mm-hmm. too valuable and she knows too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know where Janice goes a- a- after this point. Like, I don't, I mean, Wink. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the elephant in the room. <laughs> what the fans really want to know. 
I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, what do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to differ slightly from Albie and Chris because I, I assumed right from the start that um, that because you were a recurring guest and because your character was so tied to the mystery box that, like it or not, there would be an end at the end of the season, whether through death or something else, she was going to be written out. I was yeah. very pleased to see that uh, Janice is still kicking around the project at the end of 118. So yeah. I'm definitely hoping for more Janice next year. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> although, <laughs> although, your poker then... face. <laughs> well, they established. I don't know what they, um, you know, with the magic and the Beth thing, like mm -hmm. hints of, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I think it's safe to say uh, Janice's relationship with magic, there's always opportunity for you to return. In my mind. Yeah, I think it's just figuring out in what way that's interesting and changes it. Because obviously, you know, this season has been about why Ben left and, mm. um, and you know, bringing him home and, and things like that. And I just wonder what Janice's you know, long game intention is with the whole thing. Um, that's why I thought it'd be interesting. You know, I've always thought like, like I said, there has to be conflict. It can't just be like, well, now she's just fine with everything. Cause that just doesn't, you know, everybody's fine with everything and they're, they already have a family unit. And I just don't know if that contributes to that. Do you know what I mean? Like having another person who's like, I'm cool with everything. I think it would have to be something that's just shifted more another way in some way, how that is. Um, I, I mean, I'm not privy to how the whole world is going to shift or what's going to be happening and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's such an interesting conversation where you think characters are going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. For me personally, I think, uh, number one, uh, I hope that she will be there for season two. And if, um, you do get sort of a regular presence or a semi-regular presence back at the project, the longer game that I would love to see is that, okay, these are these people, but you're all about Sam. You're all about mm -hmm. Al's legacy and yeah. finishing Al's job. So I think yeah. that would be a great way. If you guys are listening in the writer's room, I don't know that, uh, this will make it to you, but Hey, that'd be an awesome storyline for all of us, I believe. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if Sam could come back for like a even just a part of the season of of some time, that would be amazing and I definitely think would be a Janice. It's just, you know what I mean, the how what that means is more to Janice's character mm -hmm. than really, I mean, magic too, but the most is problem obviously, you know, to finish what yes, what my dad was trying to start or couldn't finish or you know all those things. I think that would be really cool and that would be a way like for me that would be when Janice is done with the pro, you know, like then she'd be like I'm done. I don't yes. want I'm going to go do something else now in my opinion because it would be like that was the game. That was the game. It wasn't to necessarily be my dad and be the hologram and do the thing. It was like just finish that and then I think she'd be content to go off and live in Belize. <laughs> <laughs> the other idea I had was uh the 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 sib not not siblings but um 
<laughs> the daughter's spinoff where you and Sammy Joe just hit the road Thelma and Louis style and start, start solving mysteries or, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be, uh, that would be really fun too. Or like, you know, that was why I was like the Kate, I just think that relationship is just got a lot under it, you know, and maybe she was in love with Ben. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. Like, I mean, you have this person who understands the importance of something with you, you know, and to me, like you admire them so much and you respect them so much, like that creates a bond, you know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. secret, like, come on, it's like mm -hmm. TV drama mm -hmm. gold, but you know, it yeah. just depends on what show you're it, like to me that that would be, that was always, I was like, Oh, dude, did she like Ben? Like, does she care if Ben dies? How does she mm -hmm. feel about this? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see some of that, some of that maybe flashback or whatever, because we only ever got to see Ben and Janice sort of working in secret, very like in a couple of flashback scenes. Yeah. So I guess we can fill in the blanks because we now know how it all fits together, uh, thanks yeah. to the finale. But but still, it would be so interesting to see some flashbacks to how he approached you and how that uh, relationship evolved and what was going on. I love there. it. I love talking about characters arcs and details and i think it's fun and i i appreciate how much attention to detail like i've said before that you all have and and thanks to everybody for the bangs note i'll just you know I'll <laughs> <laughs> just grow them out make my life easier um but yeah i uh i hope everybody enjoys the finale and it's been a it's been a cool first season. I can't believe it's already at the end already. It seems like it flew. It just flew by. Well, we are glad that we were able to share it with you. We're glad that um, Janice had such a great role throughout the season. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see her in season two because um, everybody needs more Janice in their life, especially now that she's an ally, frenemy. Uh, I don't know. But uh, whatever she's in, she's in come back. I want to see that what? episode with you and Caitlin drinking. Yep. I, I want to see the spin-off movie about this. Yeah. I know. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Well, great cast. They did such a great job. Um, you know, Ray, Ray is just such a, you know, he's a great number one and, and just, yeah, a good guy. And I'm, I'm really happy that it's done so well and that people enjoy it. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you, Georgina, you so for spending time with us on thank the you. podcast. It's been a blast. Okay. I said I will. I will thank you, which is a weird acknowledgement. I will thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end on a high note, okay? Yes. Good, good going. So, sounds All good. Right. Hello, Leapers, and welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast. Today, I'm here with Chris. And it is my extreme pleasure and honor to introduce to you our guest, Leaper X, Richard Martinez, Walter Perez. Hey, Walter, how you doing? Leaper X, good, man. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Great. So many names. Uh, yes. <laughs> Such a great character. Uh, in what, were you in three episodes total? Four? Four, right? I was in five. Five. Okay, five. five. Um, yeah, and you, you were peppered in throughout the season. Uh, I want to talk all about Leaper X and Quantum Leap and your experience on the show. But first, I want to find out more about Walter Perez, the person. When did, uh, did you first get the acting bug? And 
what inspired you to become an actor and get into the business? Um, you know, I had, I had been acting like a fool at home <laughs> uh, from the young, the tender age of, of six. I was always into, uh, uh, you know, growing up into, into Jim Carrey. And uh, my parents had this old VHS camera and you know, I wanted him, I wanted to be him so badly that, uh, that I just started to just emulate him. Right. And I, I had my camera and I would just uh, do scenes from like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, you know, all those older, older, you know, Jim Carrey movies, uh, even stuff from like In Living Color. You know, I was I was watching In Living Color at, at a very young age. Uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or not, but but I was and I and I, I fell in love with like his comedy. You know, it's uh, just he's a, such a funny dude. And, and and I just wanted to I wanted to be him. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to do what he was doing. So luckily, my dad had this VHS camera and I picked it up and I started like recording myself, you know. Uh, and over the years, like, um, you know, I'd ask my mom, like, you'd hear these, like, um, commercials on the radio where it's like modeling and acting, uh, call 1-800, such and such, and John Robert Powers. And and uh, one day I called, I was probably like 12 years old, and I decided to call myself. And they're like, I was like, hey, I, I want to do this. I want to be an actor. And they're like, well, you actually have to have your parents call in. <laughs> said, yeah, okay, yeah, I can have them call in. My, my mom, you know... Uh, speaks very little English and she, she wouldn't do it. So I had my, my uncle help me out and, uh, eventually, um, you know, got, got in there, got in there and, and had this like, you know, kind of semi audition kind of led to nowhere. When I got to high school, I joined this, uh, this, uh, program. It was, uh, called the colors United. And so there was this, uh, this documentary that I actually got nominated for an Oscar called color straight up. And, uh, and so I was part of the program, I think a year after that documentary came out. Uh, and I was actually one of the last, last, uh, groups of, of kids that were, were part of that program. It just kind of like, just one of the executives ended up passing away. And then there was all this stuff that happened and, and the program just kind of fizzled away, but it was a great program. And, 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 uh, coincidentally, Tom Shadyak, who directed a lot of, uh, Jim Carrey's stuff, you know, Tom Shadyak producer, uh, was uh, one of the main like people that would donate money into this program. Some of the people that came out of the program were like Tyrese. He's one of the big, bigger guys that came out of there. It's kind of an inner city program, you know, um, at Jordan High School. And uh, all the all the teachers and instructors were professionals, you know, and, and it was like singing, dancing, acting, uh, basically everything. Uh, but I kind of like, my thing was always kind of acting. Uh, I did a little bit of dancing, a little break dancing. I think everybody at, at, you know, in the nineties did that. Some, I, I talked to, to Ray on set. And he was <laughs> so funny. One of the, one of the scenes we were doing, uh, I just, I asked him, I was like, Hey, uh, did you ever break dance when you were, when you were younger? And he starts pop locking, you know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. Cause both of us, you know, we, we, we we're similar in age. And so, uh, uh, we, we like, there's, and we all both grew up in LA. So we, there's a lot of things that, that there's a lot of similarities in, in the way that we grew up and stuff. And I break dance just as much as he did. And so we started pop locking, kind of like mm. battling each other while we were, we we're actually shooting. Uh, it was actually with the last episode, um, that big fight scene in the mm. battle, the battleship scene, uh, okay. you know, where I throw him over like this thing. And it's such a great time, such a great time. But anyway, uh, you know, that, program colors united kind of was like the stepping stone into getting into the business 
once I got out of high school, the first thing I did was called one of the uh, teachers there, right? One of the coaches there. I said, uh, you know, I, I really want to get into acting. I really want to do it. They kind of guided me in my in, in that direction, got my headshots, and then eventually, you know, got my first manager, first agent, and then, you know, and then here we are. Uh, that was back in, I started in 2000. So, you know, it's been 20, 23 years, uh, right? Is that my math is, right? Wow. Yeah. We're in 2023. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you did it right. <laughs> it's already April. It's already April. I'm like, how, is, how is it April? Yeah. <laughs> Time's fast forwarding. You've done a bunch of movies and TV shows. Fame, I noticed. Uh, Ray was talking about how you were a dancer and how that helped yeah. in the fight coordination and stuff. Yeah, that, that definitely that definitely helps with the coordination and um, you know, uh, and then I I also boxed when I was in. So when I graduated high school, you know, I actually went to, to I moved to San Jose because I was just wanted to get out of LA. So I went to San Jose State. That's where I got accepted to. I went for a semester. I missed LA so much. I, I'd come back like every other week, you know. And my mom's like, "You, it's like you'd never left. You keep coming <laughs> back." I'd find a way to get back. I didn't even have a car, but I, I, you know, jump in friends' cars and stuff. And they're like, "Hey, we're, we're driving to LA this week," and I'm like, "I'm, I'm going with you," you know. But when I was there, I, I, I joined uh, the boxing team at San Jose State University, and, uh, and I loved it, you know. And so my mentor at Colors United, when I was at Colors United, this guy Phil Sims, he, uh, I called him up and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm in, I'm in San Jose, and like the coaches here think that I got something good, you know, that I could actually." you know, start as an amateur and eventually maybe even go pro, right? Who knows? And uh, he's like, Walter, he's like, I know that you want to act. He's like, don't go busting your nose, you know, <laughs> like don't go breaking your nose. And actually he used to box when he was younger. So, and he had a broken nose and he also wanted to be an actor. And then he did, but he's like, you know what? Just, just get back down to LA. And I think that'd be the smartest decision for you. And, 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 uh, and so I did. So I, I essentially just, did one semester at San Jose State and then came out to back to LA and I transferred over to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, ended up graduating there with a, a BA in criminal justice, yeah. uh, which you know, I guess at this point uh, still still hasn't really been that useful. I mean, I did. <laughs> I mean, I uh, maybe on CSI I, I actually, or something. Uh, well, no, no, you know, uh, yeah, some CSIs, but I'm on the other end of those. You know, I'm like the, yeah. the criminal or something or. Or the suspect, you know, I did, uh, I just worked on Fatal Attraction, you know, I know it's. Oh it's, yeah, I just saw the preview for yeah. that. And so I play, uh, I play an attorney there. So I guess that kind of coincides with, you know, my criminal justice uh, mm-hmm. background, you know, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, you, you could ask me anything about criminal justice. I'd be like, oh, I, I don't even know. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to school half the time. I mean, I was already working on stuff, you know, there was actually one, um, there was uh, a class that I took. Uh, it was already upper upper level, you know, course. And I was supposed to take the, it was, I think it was a midterm. And I was working on the district, the show, the district. And I booked like a recurring, it was like actually one of the first shows that I had ever booked. And this was like 2003. It was like one of the bigger shows that I booked, right? Three episode arc, season series finale, right? And uh, I missed the mid. I can I can make the midterm because I was shooting. And the, I told the professor that his name was Professor Langford, and I said, "Hey, you know, I I I can't make the midterm. How, how can I make up for it?" He said, "Well, can you get a copy of the episode?" I said, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I can get a copy of the episode. And so I uh, I got a copy of the of the episode once it aired, and I took it to to class. And he's like, I just want you to show it to class. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's that's totally awesome. You no, know, because I you know that's the show was somewhat criminal justice esque, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, man, the look the look on some of these like students' faces was like, Why the hell are we watching this guy's like? <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the f are we doing? Like I'm paying. This is I, I'm paying this tuition. Like what are we doing watching the, the, the stupid show? You know. And, I, and I'm just like, and then you know, of course he he's you know, I'm not mayor, so he's like, yeah, this is Walter Perez. Walter Perez, stand up! And everyone's like, there's like three claps, you know. It's like All right, let's get back to work, guys. What the? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, going to Quantum Leap now. Your, I think your introduction, your character's introduction is one of the best I've seen in television because for most of the episode, you're there, but we just assume you're another background actor. Uh, don't even think anything about it and don't even realize it until uh, that first scene. Can you, can you talk to me about uh, how you got the role of Quantum Leap and like, uh, what did they tell you about the character uh, when you first started? You know, probably that it was a recurring role and stuff like that. That's, that's about it. That's all they told me. They said they said it's a hey, it's a recurring guest star, and they wouldn't tell me anything else. Uh, uh, not even you. I, I didn't know how many episodes I was getting. I didn't know where they were going to take the character. They told me very little, and so uh, so it was interesting, you know. Try, you know, kind of kind of guessing what was going to happen next, um, and that was interesting, you know. And I was all for it, but uh, yeah, it was just like a normal audition. You know, just just a regular audition and, you know, put myself on tape and sent it in, hoping that, you know, that, that it hits, you know. That, that, yeah. uh, but how um, I'm, I'm really curious to that point, because in Salvation or Bust, where they introduce your character, as Alvi said, you're, you're basically background until the big reveal at the end. And if that's your first episode, yet they know that they want to have you back as a recurring character. Mm. Was there anything else involved in the audition process except for that one line so that they knew, okay, we have this, this gentleman, Walter Perez. He's going to basically carry the season arc for us, even though he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Did they give you anything more challenging to, to just, you know, vet you as, as an actor, as that character? Aside from I know who you are, Ben Song from the year twenty twenty two. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, in in the sides there were uh, I think there were like two scenes, and one of the scenes was uh, the Ben. You know, I know who you are, Ben Song from the year twenty twenty two. And then there was like another scene that I think didn't make it, but it was uh, you know the thing the thing they did was that day the second scene that gave me more information didn't have the right name on it. Like, I think the character's name was something else. It wasn't Martinez, you know, uh, and it wasn't, didn't say leap or X on there. So I think it was like, I can't remember the name, what, what, mm-hmm. what it said on there. Right. But it would definitely wasn't Martinez and it wasn't leap or X. So I just assumed that they were just, you know, scenes that they had maybe put together quickly for the audition. And I, I think it served that purpose, right. Where it was like kind of, the scene was with, with me and, and, and I think it said Dr. Ben on there. Right. And, uh, and something's happening to a character and someone's like passing away. 
And as, and I look at Ben and I'm like, this is your fault. This is this, you know, you're the one that decided to keep following me. And so there was a, a connection there, right. From like the, the, you know, I know who you are, Ben Song from the year 2022. And then there was a connection later on, but there wasn't, uh, there wasn't like a whole lot, you know, I can't say there was like a whole lot to work with, but, uh, I think, I think what they really wanted to get out of the audition was, uh, to see if I can be somewhat, I guess, menacing, you know, um, mm. that, that may be, uh, threatening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. and just kind of see, see what I do with it. Right. And see what other actors may, may do with it. And, uh, and I think they got what they wanted with that simple, simple scene. I, I suppose that if they didn't get what they wanted, that maybe they would add another scene. Right. And they would send that one out and say, Hey, you know what? We didn't get what we wanted, but, I guess at this point, you know, I have enough tape, right, on my reel and stuff. I have enough scenes that they can kind of, like, piece it together and, like, oh, yeah, Walter can pull this off, you know? Uh, I think essentially it's, uh, does this guy, you know, fit on, in this show? Does he fit with the other characters, you know? Uh, does he stand Does he stand out like a sore thumb, right, or hmm. not? Is he too tall? Like, you know, none of the actors are super tall in this show, right? Uh, so is he too short? You know, I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy that I was I was picked as a guy. You, know? <laughs> you were Goldilocks. You were just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't too tall. I wasn't too short. I was just right. Good, good old five, five nine, five ten. I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, at what yeah. point during the the season filming uh, did you realize you were going to be the main antagonist for the series and possibly or the season and possibly the series? And, uh, like, when did you first realize how important your role was? Again, like they, they wouldn't tell me a whole lot, but, uh, I remember like going to set, we were shooting, uh, Salvation and, uh, one of the writers, uh, I think it was Eric. He's like, do you know how big this thing is? How big your character is? And I'm like, no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know anything. And he's like, oh, it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's pretty big. I was like, okay, uh, how big, <laughs> you know, and, and it never happened. It never, I never got it. It was, uh, it was kind of a mystery. Like they wouldn't tell me, they wouldn't really give me any idea of like where it was going. And I suppose that that's also the, the reason for that is, uh, there, there's, there's a business there, you know? And, and, you know, if, I guess if they told me how big it was, that I maybe could use it as leverage for the. The next step, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how that, I, I assume that that's, that's why they don't want to give out too much information. And, you know, and, and as a recurring guest star, you're not locked in, you're not under contract. So essentially they could say one thing one week and then the next week it's completely gone and you're not, you're not there anymore because you're off shooting Fatal Attraction because I was actually shooting both shows at the same time. And, um, you know, it just so happened that it worked out. I was shooting like one day on Fatal Attraction, next day on Quantum Leap. You know, and and doesn't always work out that way. But for the, for this for the show and and in this situation, like it worked out, and and, that, and it was awesome. You know, but uh, I I think that also maybe they were waiting to see if Fatal Attraction was going to be a bigger thing, and and was that going to have the time to be coming back to to Quantum Leap? You know, even though I was kind of scattered all over the the season, I mean, essentially did like two in, in the, at the front end, right, and then like three back end, whatever. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, they wouldn't tell me, tell me a whole lot. Um, and as the episodes went along, it was kind of always a surprise, you know, when I got the script, I was like, Oh, 
okay, cool. This is this is awesome. And then I think, I think when I was shooting uh, the second to last, I think episode sixteen. Um, oh, actually, yeah. So when we were shooting episode sixteen, we were shooting actually we were shooting some scenes for episode one eighteen. Right. So right. they just wanted to because we were because we, you know we go back we go back right. so we already had the locations and so we were able to shoot you know they wanted us, us to shoot the stuff for one eighteen while we were there shooting for one sixteen like the uh, 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 the mental right the institute or whatever um, and the battleship was was still there and, you know, in one of the stages so that was easy to shoot easy to go back to so that's when I that's when I, I kind of knew something about one eighteen and then. Chris uh, Grisma, the director, right, for 118, he, uh, you know, kind of gave me a little bit more, you know, and, and he said, you know what, this is 118 is going to be a freaking badass episode. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, all right, give give, give me more, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and then it just, it, it would stop there and I'm like, God damn it, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to find out. Yeah. yeah. But, but it was cool though. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind, you know, just... But but Raymond was saying, you know, uh, when we we're on set. He's like, he's like, it's kind of crazy. Like they know that you could fight. They know that you could punch and and, and duck, and because it requires some sort some technique, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a, a what do you call it? Uh, like not combat training, uh, on stage combat kind of right. And and they, there's times where I'm like swinging at swinging at Ben. I'm going right for his face, and he's got to duck, and I got to make sure that if he doesn't duck in time, that I'm gonna pull it pull it back and. You know, um, and I said, uh, they didn't really ask me, but, you know, they had stunt doubles. So I guess they assumed that if I couldn't get it down, that the stunt doubles would, would do it anyway. Um, but it worked out that me and and, and Ray, you know, are, uh, you know, physical guys, we athletic guys, right? We played sports and stuff and we got good balance and, and you know, we can throw some punches and, and you know, and be careful about it. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it, it turned out great. I, I love I, I think. 118 was pretty awesome. All the, all the fight scenes, you know, jumping over the table and like, ah, you know, that stuff was so much fun to, to, to do. It, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was so awesome. Yeah. yeah it was badass. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you yeah. guys have to do a lot of uh, training with the stunts persons to uh, like do the uh, fight coordination and figure it out? Or was it like kind of on the day? It was, it was like literally like, like on a day, like it was on the, <laughs> out like on the minute it was like, <laughs> wow all right now we're gonna work on we're gonna rehearse a uh, scene you know whatever and uh all right stunt guys uh let's go first <laughs> and me and ray are standing there like uh, okay all right yeah no uh yeah yeah we yeah i could do that i could do that i could do that and we'd have to learn it like right then and there. And, uh, you know, that stuff just comes naturally to me and it, and it, and it comes naturally to Ray. And so we just, we pick that stuff up real fast. And, uh, and, and that's why, I mean, I look at the, the scenes and stuff and I, I know when it's mean, I know it's when it's a stunt double, you know? Uh, and so a lot of the stuff was, was, was like, they kept, they kept my stuff, uh, and they kept Ray stuff. And, and that was really cool, but yeah, they didn't give us much time, you know, and that's just the way it works. It's just it's the way the show works. You know, it's like they, they're doing a bunch of stuff. And I think you just assume that be knew what we're doing and, and they assumed correctly. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes through in one eighteen. I mean, that fight scene across time was one of the highlights of the season. And um, Walter, dude, you are formidable. It's it's insane the way that they cut it together. And when he said, "You really are the Terminator," we all we were all right there. Like, is, is this guy ever going to stop? You know. <laughs> so yeah. whatever you guys, whatever you did on the day of on the fly, you did it right because yeah. It, it yeah it came through on camera. Yeah, that, and, that uh, was awesome. That was my favorite favorite uh, lines right there. You know. He's like, Terminator. You're like the Terminator. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you totally, you totally were the Terminator in that moment. Yeah, that was amazing. I, th- I think we all cheered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I cheered too. I, 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 enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed that. The whole episode was, was, was a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. So, really so the logistics of that. So they had you in one sixteen in um, Ben Interrupted. And you guys did. That was your first hint that you are going to do a fight. Uh, for the finale, right? right? Yeah, because you were on set, but then they they brought you back to the set for SOS. That was still there, but then you guys had the 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 final duel in the Salvation setting. Was that on the back lot again, yeah, or yeah. did they set up a new? Okay, so you, you were back the back lot. Yeah, it was already there. It's 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 been there. Right. So we shot that uh, right above like the saloon. You know, uh, it's kind of, actually there was a, there was a scene where. Uh, Yanni's character um, is up there, and she she's she's speaking from like the balcony. That was the same same balcony. So, so yeah, it was, it was all it was all there. But I think I think the one thing they did mention was that they had to bring in all this dirt. So there's there's like actual you know asphalt underneath all that dirt. Mm-hmm. There. I don't know if you you know the scene where where I die and I'm like right I'm like, yeah now it's all there's a bunch of dirt down there. I think they had to bring all that dirt back in and it's like thousands and thousands of pounds, you know, of, of this dirt that had to be rolled back in there. Uh, so I guess, you know, that was a lot of work. <laughs> but, um, well, it was your, your final shot, right? So they had to get it right. Yeah, it was my final shot. Yeah. 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 I cried. I cried. I told Chris, 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 I was like, can I like open my eyes at the very end? Like, you know? <laughs> like a michael myers thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that and I, I, did it, I, I think i did it in one of the takes and he's like all right let's go let's keep going <laughs> hopefully like, they right, use that one day yeah that'd be yeah great. yeah exactly right? i mean i would love to come back i mean mm-hmm. yeah well that's the thing with time travel yeah. just because you die doesn't mean you're dead yeah i don't i don't know how to how to explain it you know because uh yeah it is time travel and um you know, I died in the year 1880, whatever the, it was, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't die in, in, in present day, so mm-hmm. technically yeah. I'm still alive. And and you yeah, were jumping and- around in time all that time, so there's no uh, no reason why Ben or anyone else can't uh, interact with you in one of your other time yeah. periods. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be cool, man. I, I, I had such a great time. It honestly was one of the coolest shows that I've worked on. And I think it was, you know, the cast, they're just awesome. It's just really good energy. Raymond's like, Raymond's like a clown on set sometimes, but he's also, you know, super professional and, but he's always smiling. He's always got a great mood and, and, you know, being number one on the call sheet, that's super important, like super important. Uh, because all your other actors that come in, like guest stars, recurring, whatever, like they look, they look at that stuff. Right. And, and, that sets the pace for the day and that sets the energy and the tone for set, you know, on the set. And he's, he's done such a great job. And, um, you know, my hat's off to him. He's such a good dude. 
Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to, you know, if there was any chance that, that you know, that I go back, uh, only for that reason. And they, it's just a, a really awesome set. One of the, like I said, one of the most fun sets, uh, uh, that I've worked on in a long, long time. So yeah, it's, it's a good, good environment, good environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking to that point, you were um, one of the few, if not the only guest actor uh, to be able to interact with not only the the leap portion of the show uh, with with Raymond and Caitlin, but you also got to go with the rest of the ensemble cast back at the project, which is, um, I think, for this iteration of Quantum Leap, you're the, you're the one and only so far that's been able to be in both worlds. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So can can you talk about that that standing set that most guest stars don't get to get to play on? You had some scenes in the project uh, in locations that we had never seen before as viewers. Uh, as far as you know, was all of that there just waiting to be used, or did they build those sets just for that for, for that episode? I know that maybe a little bit in the weeds, maybe you don't know, but it, for us, it's very interesting because we got to see a lot more of the project because you were such a badass and, you know, going around and, and, and wreaking all your havoc. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so like, uh, is there one in particular that you're, that you, that you remember that like, oh, uh, there, there are two magic so- is magic's office. One of them. Magic's office we have seen on screen before. Uh-huh. Um, the two that I'm thinking of specifically is the holding cell, which we've dubbed Guantanamo Bay on yeah. our show. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had the scene in the hallway right outside of the accelerator uh, at, before you and Ben, you know, leapt in there to leap yeah. back for your fight through yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know for sure if that hallway scene, if that was already there. They may have built it for that episode. Uh, and I think for sure the holding cell was, I think, built for that episode. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it. And I, I don't think Ray had seen it either. But that was a pretty awesome, awesome yeah. holding cell. Yeah. It was really, really cool. I have to compliment you on uh, your interpretation of magic being um, Leaper X in magic. But you you uh, really channeled Ernie Hudson's mannerisms and everything to be magic, to convince the rest of HQ that you were magic. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Cause I think you nailed it. Cause it was like Ernie Hudson oh, was coming through you. So uh, what work did you do to get to that point? Just, just watch, watch Ernie. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> like just watch him carefully, you know? And, and uh, he, he's just, he's, he's stoic, you know, he's, he's got this stoic like demeanor and, my voice is generally like kind of lower, a little more bassy, a little, you know, it just depends. Uh, and I think I did a little more when I was doing the, the character, right. Just to, to have like, cause there only has like that deeper, a deeper, deeper voice, you know? Uh, so I did some of that, but uh, yeah, just, you know, just, just watching him and the, and the lines kind of help. Right. Uh, you're on set and you know, all the other actors are acting as if you were Ernie. So you just kind of like you, you, you just you kind of just jump right in and you, you feel like it's him. Obviously, that scene where we're in his office where we do that that mirror thing, you know, that yeah, help, yeah. also helps too. That that we shot at the very end of that scene, so um, it may have been a little more helpful than it was in the beginning. But you know, uh, you know, Ernie's there, so you just you're, you're watching him and, and you get to mm-hmm. go on set. And, I'm playing you, Ernie. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Is that set. like a pinch me moment uh, getting to work with Ernie Hudson? 
Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Such such a cool experience to work with him. And, and he's such an awesome, you know, guy. So um, we had some nice long conversations, you know, and when we were holding for, you know, for lights and stuff. Uh, and he's such a, such a chill dude. You know, he's he's been through it all. You know, he's done done everything. So he's just so chill. And I'm like, I want to be like you when I, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like you. I want to be super chill like that. Uh, he's got a great, he's had a, he's had a great life, you know? So, and he's, he's still, he's a humble dude and, uh, and still has, you know, great energy coming into set, you know? So, so yeah, of course. This is going to be for the quantum leap fans out there from the original series, but um, you did have, Ernie as your mirror shot on set. Was that done practically where Ernie was standing off to one side and they were able to angle the reflection in? Uh, because I know a lot of times now they can do it in posts, but right. back in, back in the original series, they would work all the angles. And I right. was curious to know what, what the dynamic was there. Yeah. This was like the old school way, just angles. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It was just pretty rad. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm standing here, uh, Ernie's standing like right, right next to me here. And then we, and then we turn around this way. We both turn around at the same time, right? And just mm-hmm. placement of the of the mirror just kind of in the camera just worked out perfectly. And so so me and Ernie had to time it, you know, we're like, Are you ready to go? Three, two, one. <laughs> eh, you know, and come back. <laughs> did, it, did it a few times, but uh, you know, it, it worked out. So it was cool. It was a cool cool little moment. Uh, and then when you watch it on, on TV, you're like, Oh, that that that, that looks good. It looks awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to put me on um, uh, some like pancakes, whatever. Not not an apple box. The apple box would be a lot <laughs> bigger. Um, but it, I think I think they stacked up like three. They call them pancakes, right? They're pancakes, whatever they are. They're just little smaller kind of boxes, right? But they stacked up like three, just that I have had the height of Bernie because he is taller than me. Uh, so, but yeah, I was I was fine. Yeah. What I was impressed by this season is uh, your character. Uh, Leaper X, uh, we meet him at different stages of his life. Uh, first, as he's already leaping uh, when he first uh, interacts with Ben. And then uh, later on, as an earlier version of Martinez, before you even know anything about leaping. And then uh, in SOS, they gave you gray hair for who knows why. So maybe lo- longer, further along in the timeline. And then, and then of course, in, in the battle across time could you tell me about your approach or your backstory in your head if, if you have any uh of the lifelong journey of leaper x uh from the earliest we meet him until the the end of him like was it different playing different parts of his life was it a different character even though it was the same character does that make sense yeah no, that makes sense uh no it was it was um i mean I was I was playing I was playing the same essentially the same age. I, yeah, you're saying that they painted my hair white in SOS. You had some gray hair in the production photos and in the episode, and so we were all theorizing, "Wow, this is a a, a much uh, older Leaper X that yeah. had been leaping around, and we're seeing him out of order." We're we're nerds, so we just analyze all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have I have uh, a lot of gray hair naturally ah okay uh, i think i think i think that they um 
you know, and forgive me because I don't remember the, the names of the episodes. So the, the, the episode after Salvation that I came out on was episode six. That mm-hmm. one was called, do you remember? I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain. It, it was after Salvation. This is where they come back and they, mm-hmm. they come to my they, house. They, this is yeah, present, they see you before day. you know what's going on at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's like present day. I mm-hmm. think I remember them painting my hair ah, darker. Okay, I I my younger. Hair that makes to sense. make like younger, and that's that, so. I assumed right that that everything else took place much later, which I think is the reason why they left my gray hair. Which because I have a lot of gray hair. Uh, I mean, you see my mm-hmm. beard. I have. You yeah, know, <laughs> me too. Uh, if I don't shave, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they had me completely shave. Um, but yeah, my hair in that episode six, I, I it's, it's darker um, mm. than every, everything else. It's a, it's a, it's just my natural like lighter white, you know, gray hair or whatever. So so yeah, it was just I guess I I, I the, the way I saw it was like I was just playing somebody that's a little bit older, you know, and I just mm. kind of played the age that I am now, you know, forty. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. We totally got that wrong then. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but now we understand. It, it was more, interesting. So awesome. yeah. yeah, and it's funny because in Salvation they had you in the hat most of the time, so your hair was almost covered anyway. Right, so you right. looked yeah. you looked younger in Salvation than you did in SOS. Mm-hmm. So that's where we got the theory. Okay, he was he was just started leaping then, and in SOS you seem much more seasoned and you have one up on Ben. So in our head, you know, <laughs> there's like a whole backstory for Martinez <laughs> right, going on. Ratings. You know, yeah. 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 So, I mean, but, but to that end, and this is unique for us because, um, you're, I think maybe one of the first guest stars and, uh, the only recurring that we've spoken to besides Georgina, who's actually seen all their episodes because a lot of times we speak to somebody and we've seen the episode, but they haven't. Mm -hmm. So, um, with the benefit of that perspective, were there scenes in, in the episodes that you shot that explained Martinez's backstory a little bit more, but that didn't make it to camera or didn't make it to the final cut. I should say. No, everything that I shot was made it, made it in. Um, so, you know, the only, the only explanation for Martinez's background is in that episode, episode six, where they come and question me, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm an immigrant, uh, you know, went, went to, to fight, you know, and I was a soldier. Right. And, they wanted to get my immigration. So at some point I thought they were going to make a connection, you know, with, with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought there was a reason why they brought up the immigration. Uh, and I, I imagined that, yeah, that it would be brought up at some point. Like, okay, this is why he's doing it. Uh, I mean, we know that we, we think we assume, right. That that's why he's, that that's why he's doing it. He wants to, to, uh, to get his, you know, his, his, his U.S. citizenship. Right. And so maybe he's doing this for someone else in the future so that he keep, they, they, maybe they, they promised him this, right? But then, uh, then it becomes like this kind of suicide mission. I was like, hey, wait, wait a, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, suicide mission? What do you mean? Um, so then I assume that at that point, uh, I'm doing it maybe so that my family can have U.S. citizenship, right? I don't know. I think that's, that's just my assumption. It's not shown and no one, no one talks about it. So yeah, they, they just didn't do it. I, I, I didn't see it. Um, and so I, I, you know, I'm still hoping that, uh, that I come back and they have some sort of explanation for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. Was there any like uh, hints or nudges or winks that uh, you know we'll see again? Because you you become such a fan favorite. You know, um, no, I really not really. No. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I talked to I saw uh, Dean Jarjaris. Um, I think when I was shooting one sixteen, I saw him on set, and you know, he just said, you know, briefly, like you know, I, I you know. I'm glad that you got to join us this season. Um, you know, great work. And I was like, cool. Thank you. And you know, it was kind of brief. It wasn't, uh, and I was like, Oh man. But you know, whatever. It's a part of the business. Like I, you know, I, I'm happy that, that I was in five episodes. I, I'm super grateful for it. Uh, I had such a great time. Yeah. It was, you know, it was sad to, to leave. Uh, you know, they give you, they gave me a quantum leap sweater and a quantum leap hat, you know, uh, not for like, not because I was leaving. They, they gave everyone one for season, you know, for season one. Uh, I mean, I guess it was kind of like a parting gift. Right. And I was like, when I got it, it was actually, I think I was shooting like episode 114. So I was like, Oh, okay. This, <laughs> okay. Gifts, the gifts are, oh, okay. Season one. All right. That, this is, this is a nice, uh, nice sweater. You know, I thought I was part of the family, and I was like, maybe I will come back for season two. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then I got the script for one eighteen, and I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so, but yeah, but who knows? Who, who knows? I, I would love to come back, but but uh, you know, I guess I guess uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, the, the, the OG Martinez before he even left is still hanging around in 2022, 2023 project time, apparently, apparently in LA, right by the project because they were able to get to your house like the same day. Right. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We never know. You never we'll, know. We'll see. It's, it's an, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what, we'll see what happens and where they go with that. Um, but yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the day? Because I think the most intense scene that you did, even though that fight scene was was excellent, I, I think the most intense scene that that you and Ray shared was the scene in Ben Interrupted where you betray him. And I'm thinking back to some behind the scenes videos that I saw on. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it was Ray's Insta where you guys were kind of joking around with the scalpel and the blood. Can 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 you talk about that scene because it was so jarring and it was it was such such a good moment for the series. Um, I'd like to know a little bit about that shooting day and what you guys brought to that. Uh, um, that was that was fun. That that actually was uh, episode yeah episode one 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 sixteen. I believe that I was sixteen. Say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. one sixteen, right? Yeah, yeah one sixteen. That was an uh, insane asylum, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was like the first time that I was there as long as I like. So you know, all the other episodes, I was there, you know, a day or two max, right? So I didn't really get to interact with everyone as much. So one sixteen was like, I guess one fourteen also, but one sixteen was like the one where I was there a good amount of days, you know. So so. You know, it felt like kind of a, a, a little mini summer camp because I was there, you know, coming back to set every day, right? Uh, I mean, we shoot we shoot eight days, and I think I, I, I probably did like six out of the eight that for that episode. And so, uh, you know, we got to, me and Ray got to interact more and stuff, and um, that's when we started kind of building more of a rapport, right? Um, and then just getting, getting to know each other. It was just, you know, 
humans, right? But yeah, it was, a, it was, a, and then all the guests, all the other guest stars that were on that show were also super awesome too. You know, they were all very like, fun people, right? And uh, like really good energy. And so uh, that scene we shot, the majority of that, of that episode we shot in like Chatsworth and these stages. And um, they had the insane asylum and they had that sewer kind of sewer. And I think Teen Wolf used to shoot there. Um, I can't oh. remember the name of the studios. This is small. It's like a, what's well, a pretty nice size stage. And they just have a bunch of different, you know, scene, like, uh, uh setups and, or whatever. Right. Uh, and they had, they just happened to have the insane asylum one. And they happened to have this, this sewer one. And that scene, you know, was fun. Once we got to that, that, that particular part of the scene where I, where I stab them up. Right. Um, you know, they rig us up and I'm like, I'm coming up and, uh, it, it took a bit, it took a bit. I think we shot that, that part, maybe, I think we shot it in, in, in one day, I believe. I think it went back for a second day. I can't remember, but, um, uh, but that was so, so much fun because it's just me, you know, Ray's such a funny, funny dude. And, and he's like, always oh, cracking jokes. And, he brought out some of the, like the, the kid in me too. Cause he's, he's so playful, you know? And, and if he's being playful and he's a number one, you're like, well, cool. Then it, this, it gives you kind of like the freedom to be like, all right, well, then I could be a little goofy too. And just, uh, it lined up, lines up the, the mood of the set. Right. And obviously you're still professional when you have to be, you're not going to be cracking jokes when like, they're like, you know, quiet on the set. Right. Even though maybe me and Ray did a couple of times, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're like talking a while, you know, people are trying to get to work, but, uh yeah they rigged us up and um you know i go up first and i open up the the sewer you know, door or whatever and and then and then I, I'm, I'm up top and uh and then he, he's like climbing up and we just started joking about it because it's just a kind of a funny funny scene as, as you're like rehearsing it you know it's like hey buddy yeah come on man i got you <laughs> then grab his hand you know and i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh, and he's like, falls back, you know. And he's like, he's like rigged, he's like rigged up, you know, so he he can't go very far. Like, so he just goes like maybe like a foot back, and he's like, and he gets stuck there, you know, because because the rig only takes you that far. <laughs> and uh, we just did it a few times, and sometimes I would like, I think the first time I I stabbed them like in the chest or something, they're like, all right, cut. Um, <laughs> Walter, you're supposed to stab him in the neck, and I was like, "Oh, that's right." <laughs> and so, you know, we just we just had a ball, man. It was it was uh, it was so so much fun shooting that scene. Uh, and then there's like so there's that there's that um, you know little tape or, or tape. There's there's a, the clip that someone posted. I think the writer posted on on Instagram where we're like we're doing the handshake, you know, at some point. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but we're like we're doing we have like a secret handshake, and it's like. Ugh. <laughs> that's yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's like i forget how it's like like uh, uh, and then i think it's like a, uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah it was, it was because of that it's like we were we kept joking about it and uh you know we had fun and people on set were like you know they were having fun too laughing laughing about it because it's kind of a kind of a funny scene it's not a, it's not supposed to be a funny scene but when you're right, shooting right. it Feels, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having like fun doing it, um, but yeah, and maybe that's what struck me about it when I saw the video. How you guys were laughing because as viewers, we looked at it and it was like, "Oh my god, what just happened?" It's yeah. such an intense scene, yeah. and then we get the 
behind the scenes and you guys are just yucking it up. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, sometimes he's like, go overboard, you know, like just joking. He's like, oh, 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 oh. He's like falling back, you know, like blood's like, oh, 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 oh. he can't talk. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was I had such, such, such a good time shooting that that uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to ask one more geeky question if I can, and uh, I, I think I know the answer, but uh. I'm just doing my due diligence here. Did they ever give you an indication as to why Martinez was leaping through time, uh, much like Ben was to, was it to get to some destination or because as fans we're watching and based on what we saw in 118, it looked like you guys from the future could target the leaps and maybe get to a specific place. So it, it begged the question, Okay, so why, if Martinez has looks like a little bit more advanced version of the project that he's leaping from, why is he going through different leaps like Ben is, and why are they intersecting at certain points? Did they ever explain any of the bigger picture stuff to you about that, or was it just just what was in the scripts? <laughs> Man, I wish I could. I wish I can give you like this, you know. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I wish I could give you like this awesome answer, yeah. you know. But no. No, they, they they didn't really really explain it to me. You know, it's uh, it, it's just like Walter. It is what it is, and you're leaping just like Ben. Um, and they kind of like, you know, somewhat ex- explained a little bit, right? In, in episode one eighteen, kind of explaining why this, how well, I guess they're explaining how it's happening while mm-hmm. it's happening. I guess they don't really explain, you know, uh, how it's happening, right? Like I guess all the questions, right? That the most of the viewers wanted answered. Um, they may cover that in season two. You know, maybe they may refer to me in season two and just say, "Hey, you know, we had this problem with this one guy, you know, Martinez. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. not have that problem happen again, right? How do we fix it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I wish I had a better answer to give you. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I. Didn't expect you to have one, but as uh, as as a fan, knowing what other fans listening might want to hear about, yeah, uh, I just I I have to ask. That's all. Yeah, but so I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, it's <laughs> that's all our nerd stuff here. We actually do the Quantum Leap podcast because we're real big nerds. So <laughs> I want to be conscious of your time, but I only have uh, a couple more questions. Two more questions, maybe a silly one, and then a uh, probably a theory one. Um, silly question was uh, the blood. Uh, in your death scene, was that CG or was that on your shirt on the day? That was on my shirt. I actually was in a post a picture of it. Uh, there's a, a picture of me and uh, uh, wardrobe, and and they're like putting blood on it. And I, I may post it. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like doing this face, like <laughs> I'm dead. But yeah, they they just they just kind of cut it, cut it open and then put actual real blood on there. So yeah. It kind of looked like it was like CGI, right? Uh, yeah, there was something off about it, and I wasn't sure, so I figured I'd ask. For, <laughs> no, for you're you're right, because I, I I thought the same. I was like, wait, I thought, wait, no, I did, I did. It's actually real blood because it, it actually mm-hmm. did look like it was kind of CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, Might have just been but, lighting or you know coloring. Yeah. Um, yeah. My other question is: a lot of uh, people have been talking about theorizing about um, why or if. Leaper X has a hologram in, in your head, Canon. Did you think uh, Martinez had a hologram and we were just not seeing the hologram? Or do you think Martinez was leaping without a hologram? 
Oh, that's questions you asked me that question? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, like in, in your head, did you have somebody that nobody else could see helping you on your mission? Or were you did all you have alone? your own Addison? Yeah. No, I was I think it was all alone. Okay. I, I that would have been cool though. Mm-hmm. That would have been been cool to have have a have my own hologram. Um yeah, that's that's another another question, right? Like how do they all have holograms? I guess I guess they don't they don't have to have a hologram, right? It's just like mm-hmm. but uh it would have been cool to have had somebody there. I mean man, that's something that could pop up later on. Who knows? That is a that's a good that's a good question. I I, I guess I never really thought about that, but mm-hmm. but that would have been pretty badass to have had a, had a hologram. <laughs> my hologram. <laughs> like, hey hologram, help me out. You know, <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the fans want to see it back, and um, I know I want to see it back. And uh, there's, they're talking about a musical at some point because you know Ray can sing and Mason can sing, and you can dance. I don't know if you can sing or not, but they got to bring you I, back for the dancing in the musical, I, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can dance. I, I, I can't really sing. I mean, I can, uh, I can harmonize. Like I can, mm. you know, <laughs> I could be like in a choir. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but not be the lead, like, singer. That that has to be Ray. Ray's actually really good. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. He, I don't think he really sang a whole lot on set, but I remember seeing his, because uh, uh, he went on, was it Jimmy Fallon, I believe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Awesome, yeah. yeah, I was super impressed by that. But I, I was, you know, thoroughly impressed by him regardless on, on set. Like, he's just a funny, funny guy. Just, he could do it all. You know, he could do it all. Uh, and he's just, he's just great energy. So, super charismatic, you know. Uh, mm. Good dude. Thank you for your amazing work on uh, first season of Quantum Leap. It was, it was really Oh, good. thank you, man. Thank you. I'm glad, mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, you guys enjoyed it. And hopefully the fans did too. And, you know, we'll see what happens to Martinez in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walter Perez, thank you so much for being on the Quantum Leap Podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's good times. Hey, this is Matt and Chris at the Quantum Leap Podcast. Uh, today on the show, we are super excited because we've got a very special guest with us. Uh, we're really thrilled that we've got some time today to speak with Martin Garrow. Martin, welcome to the show. Hello, thrilled to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. It's it's quite the get for the podcast. We've been speaking to so many people associated with the show, and you were the, one of the last ones that we that we really wanted to hear from. So thank you the so last much. Hold out. You're really welcome. <laughs> and what great timing as well, because as we record this, um, we're we're just we're on the cusp of the season ending on Monday. Uh, it's Friday now, so we're looking forward to uh, to seeing how everything wraps up. Um. So perhaps we could start by, uh, since we're now at the end of the first season, just just maybe if I could ask you to look back over, in a nutshell, some of the highlights for you over the last year, some of those uh, unexpected, maybe, highs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible season. I, I, I you know, for, for me, so much of it is about the making of the show, and, and you know, um, we try to keep it... The, 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 the goal always is to have a joyful endeavor, you know, and a joyful experience in the making of these things. And, and we've had such an incredible writer's room and such an incredible cast. It's, it's really been a privilege to make this show with everybody. The, the crew here in Los Angeles is phenomenal. So yeah, we're, we're just, we're so fortunate. It, it, it was a, um, 
it's an incredibly difficult show to make, as you can imagine. Like it's it's basically like making a pilot every week, and um and so it, it's it, it took a while for us to get our feet under us, but it's you know the ingenuity that this whole crew has brought has has been really incredible, and and I'm just so so grateful uh, more than anything for the you know you're, you're talking to me, but. I, you've talked to some others as well, but you know, 500 people work on these episodes, and um, uh, it's it's uh, it's deeply humbling to 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 be a part of something like this. Well, I mean, you had mentioned um, that you know, starting with the pilot, uh, we realized that uh, when you were coming on, there were some shifts behind the scenes from the original pilot to the second pilot that that you helped craft. Can you uh, maybe speak to that and maybe talk about some of the key challenges of bringing the first season of the show together? Uh, considering that um, not only did you have a whole new cast to work with, but you also sort of had to deal with the legacy of Quantum Leap when you were considering how to map out the season. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 a tricky show to get right. You know, like it's, there's it's one of those iconic brands of television. Um, you know, everyone, even if you weren't a fan of Quantum Leap, even if you didn't watch Quantum Leap, you know about Quantum Leap. Like, you know, like you may be able to hum the theme song. So it's it's just one of those like iconic television brands. And so, of course, it makes sense to reboot those in, in today's environment, you know, but, um, I, you know, we don't want to fuck it up and we didn't want it to be we we wanted it to be the right tone and we wanted it to be the right feel. We wanted it to have the proper deference to the old show while trying to like, you know, cut a new path for ourselves and and look, it's very very hard to do that. The bar is very very high. Uh their expectations are very very high both on the fan base, on the corporate base, on the network base. So yeah, it was it was a tricky it was a tricky needle to thread, but I, I, you know, for, for all of the behind the scenes goings on in the early days, none of that affected what made it to the screen, you know, and we were, we were very, very conscious of like, no matter how hard the show was to make in certain moments, um, that the quality of the show was being unaffected. And that, that was incredibly important to us. And again, I, I can't, I can't, I can't speak more highly of our, our incredible writers room and the cast and the crew for, you know, weathering, uh, the early days as we got our foot under our feet under ourselves. Well, I think I can speak on behalf of the whole podcast team that we, we've been hardcore fans for 30 years and you did not f- it up. So there's, there's that. Great. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> um, just, uh, maybe walking through the season a bit. Um, Chris started at, at the beginning. Clearly you, you had, uh, you and the team had a vision for the season. Can you talk about any pivots or changes that had to be made? Um, just thinking particularly in the fact that the season length changed, then you found out you were getting a season two. How did that change what you had planned out? Well, the good news is I'm like, I'm, I'm always very confident about season length. So we always designed the show in such a way where like, if we had to have ended it on 13, we could have, but like, we, uh, I always hope for more, you know, like if we, if we were, if they were going to cut us off at 13, uh, the, the show probably would have been canceled. And so I wouldn't have to worry about wrapping up the show necessarily, to be honest, you know, so it's like. So for us, we were like, it's kind of the same thing we did in, in, uh, when I did Blind Spot. Like we aimed to have around 20 ish episodes, you know, and then could always kind of contract last minute if we wanted to. And that's what we did here. You know, we, we had, we had once, once I came in, you know, we, we had a, 
pretty clear idea of what this ending was going to be and how to build towards it. And so that that's what we've been doing all season. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And um, we, you know, as fans have noticed, the key difference between this series and the legacy series, of course, is the fact sure. that we get so much more back at the project. So can you speak to the process of how you went about maybe incorporating that element into the series and balancing it with more of the classic Quantum Leap feel? Yeah, well, look, I mean, the leaps drive the show, right? Like, it's right there in the title. So, like, you know, you, you can't be taking air away from the leaps unless it's really worthwhile. And so for us, I think, you know, coming into a, a, a modern television environment with, you know, having to service basically two pots, very different pots of viewers. There are the fans that have loved the show and, like, have a great sentimental attachment to it and also have a very... You know, what's crazy about Quantum Leap is like, it's kind of like loving the Twilight Zone. You know, like, it's it, it, everyone's version of what Quantum Leap is, all their super, I'm sure you guys run into this, is very different based on the like, what your top 10 favorite episodes of Quantum Leap are. That's a very different show than someone else's favorite top 10 episodes of Quantum Leap. So, you know, I, I think like trying to find some sort of like, well, what are the base, like, you know, the, 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 you know, hope, humor, heart history you know like those are those really are the four tenets of like what the show has to do so it, it was more capturing a feel you know than it was like a specific like well these episodes work these don't you know i like these episodes not these ones um and so it was about okay how do we do that but then how do we for an audience who's never seen the show and who are used to like a slightly more serialized storytelling um, you know, cause th there's fully like 20 or 30% of the audience that's going to wait until this last episode is aired to watch the whole season in like a weekend, right? And so for them, we wanted to make it feel like we were telling, you know, a full round beginning, middle, and end story this season. So it was just about figuring out how to do that in a way where we weren't hurting the feel of the show, the vibe of the show. We weren't we weren't protruding on like why the show was successful in the first place, but then also giving the show some more somewhere else to go, some other people, and to also like give Ray a day off every now and again and not and not kill him. So like you know to balance to like just even in the modern economy of like how to make television, like you know you need a standing set to like to for the show to work, you know, and so and it's hard to do when you're in a different timeline every episode so that that gave us the consistency that we needed to pay for the leaps quite frankly and then it's mm -hmm. and then it's just been an evolution over the course of the season with these actors and these writers you know trying to now like find enough room for you know ian and magic and jen to like have a dimensionality that you care about them that they're not just like funny exposition machines you know that they have that there is nuance to their character and that they are dealing with stuff as well and that's actually the thing i'm most excited about in season two is i think we figured out a way over the course of this season how to involve them more in the show if that makes sense 
It does. And it kind of leads to our next uh, line of questioning, if you will. Um, now that you do have the first season established and you have this new quantum established, not only for old fans, but for perhaps new fans, you have your footing under you when it comes to these characters. Um, how are we going to see that evolve in season two? And does that open the door for some maybe more direct callbacks to the legacy series because people are more comfortable with the new dynamic as it stands? So now you can kind of, you know, broaden out on it. We're really curious as fans about that. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that like were the the second season definitely is going to be a little less plotty. You know, like it'll be a little less like there will definitely be serialized stories that we're telling, but like the present day stories won't be monopolized by like explaining time travel math. You know, where like someone's <laughs> got to always just be like, whoa, 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 say that again, but slower. You <laughs> no know, headaches like, magic. Um, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we have Ernie Hudson, who's this like incredible actor who's got this amazing gravitas. I would love to like use that on the show more and not just have him like, like again, him and Jen and Ian try to figure out what all this means. So when we simplify that story, that suddenly gives the room for those present day characters to have an emotional life that is like so much more fuller and um and makes those scenes seem more important if that makes sense so so again i can't give away too much because like you know we don't part of the fun is like going on the ride for me i i'm a i'm an anti-spoiler guy so i i think like but i i think we're we're doing something in the second season that i think will allow those stories to be for the show to be as engaging for the leaps to be bigger and more dynamic but to have the present day stories feel more grounded and vital. Well, yeah, I mean, so you just if, if we can maybe close out with this, um, you are, you know, doing a lot with this show. You've obviously had, you know, uh, a big part in this huge team effort. Is there something specifically that you can point to in season one that um, you're proud of that you uh, want to take credit for that you think you helped directly influence when building this new quantum leap? Um. No, I mean, honestly, and I'm not just being Pollyanna about it, but like, you know, the greatest thing about this, what we do is that it is, it's an ensemble, like it's a collaborative medium, you know, and I think the best showrunners are curators, not dictators, you know, and so like, I'm happy to be, I, you know, someone's got to make the call at the end of the day when there's like a disagreement, you know, and someone's got to um establish what the tone of the show is certainly and so i guess like if anything you know that's that's what dean and i have been trying to do is find like what the tone is but no i mean we're we're it's such an incredible privilege to be working with not only again a group of incredible writers that is bringing so much of themselves to these stories like the reason the old show worked in my opinion was like you know, the leaps felt very lived in, you know, and um, to do that, you need writers to like open some veins into those scripts and bring a lot of themselves and uh, uh, and share their lives with the viewer. And, and I think like, if anything, it's been my job to create an environment where that's possible for, for people to come and bring their stories and apply them into the quantum leap universe, you know. Um, you know, so many of the shows, the original shows that resonated with me truly were, you know, for like my, you know, young kid living in Ottawa, 
to suddenly have an experience that I could just never have. And, and, and so it was to be exposed to a community or a culture that was so different from mine and one that I maybe misunderstood. And so, you know, I, I'm incredibly proud of the entire team for the, the taking on what, what is feel felt like at times a monolithic, you know, uh, 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 endeavor and, um, and, and really rising to, to the challenge. And so, uh, so no, I, I, it's, it's difficult for me to be like, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's what, yeah, I did that. That was cool. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud. The other reason that was awesome is just like, that's just not how TV is made. You know, like so many people put their hands on it from the writers and then our incredible directors, our phenomenal crew, then uh, the incredible editors and everyone in post production. We have truly one of the greatest sound teams and, you know, the, the musicians that bring it like, Again, it's, it's like, if anything, I, I, I just have the distinct, you know, joy of being able to interact with everybody and see every piece of it along the way and see how much everyone elevates the material. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just real, I'm just real, I'm just real proud of the, you know, the, again, the, the 500 plus people that show up every day and try to, Try to not f*** it up. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh, you have the luxury of knowing that you have a season two and I guess the, the number of episodes that you have to produce, um, do you have season two pretty well mapped out at this point? Because I know you've already started production on it. Yeah, we have like we yeah, we're, we're real excited about season two. And, and our idea for season two is part of the reason we got such an early pickup. You know, we. We just had a really good idea for season two, and we're glad that our our network partners agreed. And so, um, it's so far so good. I mean, like we we learned a lot. Obviously, like you know, doing these shows, you're constantly making mistakes. You know, like you're there. The idea is to never let that mistake hit the screen. But you know, like we're learning constantly about like what this iteration of the show is good at and what it's bad at. And so to be able to like now come into a new round of stories, they feel bigger and more assured. Like the first episode back is the biggest episode we've ever done scope wise. I mean, it's, it's even bigger than our, our pilot, both of them. And, and so, um, so like it, it's, it, it allows us to again, just tell some cooler stories that I think we, we weren't sure we wouldn't have known how to do physically. Uh, in the, in the first season. But now that we have our, we have a shorthand now with, you know, our department heads and, and, and we have an understanding of like what costs money and what doesn't here in Los Angeles, you know, like it's constantly evolving and changing. But like that's why the writers are in charge, right? It's like, it's our job to kind of like know what the constraints of production are and then tailor stories to that constraint in a way that like doesn't feel constrained. And so, uh, so for us, it's been, it's been an incredible year of learning that we've all been able to like now reinvest all of that knowledge into uh, not only making season one, you know, feel better emotionally, but also just like production value wise to be like, holy shit, like this is a whole new level of quantum leap. Wow. We are so looking forward to it. You have <laughs> so no idea. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> I have some idea. I have some idea. I mean, you love the show enough to make a podcast, so yeah. like, I get it. I'm there with you. I, I love it. Well, it's been such an amazing journey that we've been on over the last year. We are so excited to see the next stages, and we're so excited to have been able to spend some time with you 
hearing uh, your experiences of it and, and hearing what's coming up. Um, Martin, once again, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you. And I, I mean, truly, it's it's because of fans like you that the, the show exists. You know, like somebody had to keep the torch going, you know, between that iteration and this one. And, and it was because of people like you and people that go to conventions and, you know, write the fanfic and keep it alive in the, in the ether that, you know, um, people are like, Oh, we really do need to do this. So, um, so thank you and everybody that listens to the podcast for your enthusiasm, not only this year, but in the past 30 years that have allowed this show to, uh, to existence and see a new light for, not only you, but a new fan base, and it, it, it means a lot. So thank you so much. Hello, Leapers. It's Chris, and today I'm joined by Matt and Albie, and we are absolutely thrilled to be bringing you an interview with most of the main cast of Quantum Leap. Joining us today is Raymond Lee, Nanrissa Lee, and Caitlin Bassett. Welcome back to the Quantum Leap Podcast, Ray, and Rissa, Caitlin. It's so great to have you back on. Yay. Happy to be back. Thank you. Hi. Totally. Hi, friends. <laughs> Here to celebrate the end of a successful season. Congratulations. We made it. It's yeah. one night is airing <laughs> tomorrow night uh, as we're recording. And you guys are already in the thick of filming season two. This is, this is a great time to be a leaper. <laughs> yeah lots of fun stuff coming mm -hmm. yeah we can't wait to uh try to get spoilers out of you you know yes. fingers crossed maybe not but uh I'll tell you right now before um, we go to season, season two, two it's all about just we've killed ray caitlin's the leaper and i am now the hologram so it's kind of like god yeah. me and lacy dynamic oh, now awesome. you know yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't like tell i'd watch that murdering yeah it just yeah, oh, repeatedly, uh, and then and then Martin is now the new leaper. Um, oh, I spoiled it! I spoiled it. <laughs> well, Martin, yeah, the fans will never see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, you're probably getting a lot more sleep now, so that's good. But uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But getting back to season one. So, I mean, when we first spoke to you guys, it was so freaky because Caitlin, especially, I think we spoke to you probably weeks before the season even premiered. And uh, there was not a lot that you guys could say about your characters, about the season arc, about anything. So we're here on the other end of it. And um, so much is, has come to pass. So maybe we can we can start with with Ray. We'd just like to talk about um, sort of the character arcs for the season. Was it what you had um, anticipated? And, um, you know, what were like the highlights for you this season when you were learning how to do this new quantum leap and learning to inhabit these characters? Um, um, I know that's a very broad question, but I know you guys like to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I learned so much, not only about the show, um, about my character, about the relationships in the show, but I think what was really fun for me to track in particular was how Ben pieces together his memory again and how that ends up affecting him and his relationship with Addison and his relationship to the world and exploring all the different themes that our show had to explore. 
And I mean, it's it, to chart that journey uh, was really fun because I've, I've never played somebody with uh, Swiss cheese memory or, you know, I just, I, and, and then I knew that the journey would be eventually to, to piece back almost all of his memory. So that was really exciting. Um, and how that just affect, like, and eventually I knew that like Ben would find his way back into headquarters somehow, uh, because, you know, we have to bookend this um, and it wasn't peppered in much throughout the course of the season. So that was also really exciting to to remember what we did in that first scene and then to try to replicate that at the very end uh, and to somehow find uh, the nuances within that, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I learned so many things, but I, I think the memory was a really fun part of it as a as an actor tracking that journey. How about you, Nanursa? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for Jen, I think the biggest arc for her in the season was was really sort of just where she sort of found her place within the team. I think there because because she had she has a different uh, background. It's just she 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 didn't have the same lives that that her teammates had before she came into the program i think um there was always a little piece of her that maybe felt like she maybe wasn't quite the good guy that everybody else is and i think over the course of that season you know of the season we we find that yeah i think there was also just emotional growth for for her in terms of um letting herself be vulnerable yeah, we we had noticed that because uh, we went from Jen being somewhat of a stalwart and basically Magic's uh, right hand to the end of the series or the end of this this season anyway. And we have that wonderful moment where Jen becomes the hologram again and she confronts Ben as he is trying to complete the mission. But you have that 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 breakdown and uh, it, w- it was such an effective scene. And I don't think we could have imagined Jen doing that in the first few episodes. It just wasn't who she was. So the evolution yeah. of the character really came through there. I don't think Jen could have imagined Jen doing yeah. that in the first episode. <laughs> she was too cool for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Caitlin, you have probably the coolest role of all because you get to go into both worlds. I mean, you're always on the leaps with Ben and um, you're always back at the control room with the rest of the team. So I feel like um, you have double duty uh, more than any characters because you have to thread the needle between both timelines. And uh, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of my favorite parts of my role in the show. is that I get to live in both worlds. Um, and I think it's really cool on Addison's journey as, you know, earlier on in the series, she's just so desperate. She's just like, my, my job is to get him back. That's what we're, that's what we're here to do. But then as that becomes more complicated and more things are revealed, she has to lean more on her team and her family. And I think that's really where the show started to find it's the heart of HQ is when you saw the family of HQ come together. And what I'm so excited about in this finale is you finally get to see the family intact, right? Like what it would have been like had Ben not made the decisions Ben made. Um, And I think it was just a brilliant 
utilization of, I mean, the cast when it comes to who they are now and who they were then. Uh, and, and you finally got to see like who we were, where we were going and what this has now done to us, but we're still this family. So it's just, it, it's one of the most exciting things. Um, I think that this season delivered and I'm really excited to expand on that in season two. Chris asked about uh, questions about the kind of the character arcs throughout the season. I'm, I'm really interested as well in your development, I guess, as, and your experiences as, as people over the last year, the, the, the five of you and the, the three of you particularly obviously come together, not knowing each other, not having worked together before, I don't think, and have all gone from creating this show uh, that had been dead for 30 years, uh, sort of bringing it back to life and making it a household name again. So can you tell me about what that was like for all of you, getting to know each other and building those, those personal relationships? And that's to all of you at once. Ooh, what a question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fearless leader. Would you- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think it's impossible to sum up because we're still in that journey. Um, and it's hard to, uh, you know, it's not one of those things yet where I've unpacked really because, you know, we're still on it. And, uh, you know, when we go on a proper hiatus, I will have some time to reflect on what all that means. But, you know, I feel very fortunate to be with the group that I'm with because it felt right from day one when we were all in Vancouver and we had a table read and we were rehearsing uh, in the hotel room conference. And, and then we were just, I think we were just giddy with excitement on, on the prospect of how exciting this all could be, seeing how talented each other were and, and just how exciting uh, the excitement was palpable. And, you know, once we started doing it, it's impossible to know how, how it's all going to land, but it, it somehow it all felt right. And, you know, I was there Caitlin's very first scene ever as a professional actor and to see her journey. Uh, it's just incredible. Every single one of us, we've had such, you know, many things have happened in our lives and throughout the course of this year, um, you know, and I think we've, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not with the whole gang all the time, but we do have outings every now and again, and we get to meet like this in the virtual space. And, you know, I, every day I'm fall, I fall more in love with each individual and getting to do a scene with Ernie. I'm like, wow, I don't, I didn't know what this was like. And, you know, getting to be with Nenris and the Leafs. I'm like, I didn't know this is what we were. And, and, and the, you know, it's just, I think we set the table for a really exciting journey ahead because we just, we can only go deeper and we're only scratching the surface. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still unpacking. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, we just haven't, it's crazy that we haven't taken the foot off the gas yet. <laughs> I think for people who haven't, been in this position or never will be like being an actor on a TV show. It's, it's, um, it's, it's insane. It's like the wildest ride because you get thrown into all of these situations that are kind of big deal situations that you've never been in before. And that has been, you know, we just did WonderCon last weekend, which is the first convention I've ever been to. So for the first convention I've ever been to, to like, have a security detail and like a press rotation and like a whole panel, you know, it's, 
it's crazy. But I think for me, you know, there's, that's kind of like the fun and flashy aspect of it. Like the, the, by far the best thing has been just the people. I think we, like, we've been so fortunate for the cast that we have, for the people that we work with above and below the line. Everybody is just like a freaking gem of a human. And I think like Ray said, as time progresses and as we get to spend more and more time together, you know, we, that really has solidified. I think unfortunately with Ray, we don't get to shoot with him as often as, as we would all like to, at least I know Caitlin does. Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> but, but, um, but I, but, you know, headquarters, yeah. it's like, I almost feel bad for when a new director comes in because headquarter days, we're all so used to, you know, being around each other and we get giddy and we're kind of all over each other and whispering in each other's ear. And like, you know, they're like, and action. And we're like, mm -hmm, yep, do the thing, do the thing. But like, really, we just love freaking hanging out together. And that's been huge. I think the other thing that's been huge is like, um, is, is you spend so much of your time as an actor when you're not working uh, for me, at least questioning if you can actually do it. And, and then, and then you find out you freaking can. So that's also <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> I love Nanners as well. You're amazing. Just resident goober. Caitlin, did you have a, well, Albie had. A, Albie was going to ask a question. I, uh, I, I wanted to ask a question about Judgment Day. Uh, like one of my favorite parts of the new Quantum Leap and throughout season one has been the relationship between uh, Ben and Addison, and specifically the romantic relationship. I love those little moments you two have, where it's kind of like the flirting and the restarting the relationship because of Ben loss of the memory and everything. And uh, for people like me that love to follow that story, Judgment Day was amazing to get to see uh, the first date all over again. And can you talk about filming those scenes and, and that whole storyline and even the technical aspects of it? Yeah, yeah. The technical, especially because we had um, dueling Addisons in a lot of scenes. <laughs> Dead. I had a wonderful double named <laughs> who was a phenomenal, uh, she was a great actress. Uh, and very weirdly similar to me, which was, I guess, good for a double. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so we, we filmed it with a third. It was awesome. <laughs> What's it been like to play that romantic relationship with each other? Um, you know, it, it felt like a moments that we were doing a completely different show. Um, because all of a sudden we were shooting a rom-com. Um, and you know, and it, it had, we have moments of that throughout the season in each episode where we find a connection and there is a spark of to, to a window into like what was and what is and what could be, but it's the first time that we see them as, as two people falling in love and going from moment to moment. And it was a lot of fun, you know, <laughs> like I know, uh, like, and just to see also Caitlin looking completely different, you know, with, with her, with your hair hanging down with wearing a pink dress, you know, like you don't, we just haven't seen this Addison yet. And, you know, it's, and, and I think we had the whole room in stitches at some point because we were just kind of going off and doing, you know, improvising lines and, 
it, you know, it just felt like we were on a different show for a little while, um, in the best way. Uh, and it's, it's great also too, like that we can get to do that with this show. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it was maybe my favorite thing we've shot. Maybe not the whole, like, but certainly my favorite Ben and Addison moment of the sea, the season, I think. Yeah. Um, and to Ray's point, it did feel like we were on a different show. And what was cool is I got to act in both sides. So when I acted, when we were in 2018, Addison, it felt like a completely different show. Like, like I was like this and, and it, and it was a completely different relationship and it was really cool to be able to anchor on to a different version of a person talking to a different version of a person than I had been talking to for a whole year of work. And then when I flipped to the, hologram side what was cool was not only to watch that happen because i luckily and i asked for it i wanted to do the earlier version first i wanted to do the the past me first because i knew that hologram me had to react to what happened between ben and and past addison and if i you know i couldn't plan those reactions you know you can't plan it you got to react to what happened so i had to do what happened and then the reaction, <laughs> but that was really cool because that felt like I was half in our show. Like, and there were moments of like, Oh, look at this sweet little, Hey, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> they and it was just, it was so fun. And, and I have to give it to Ray. Like Ray had me dying because <laughs> it was, it was so, it was honestly hard to get through that scene because he was hilarious. And he's just sitting there like just handling both things as an actor beautifully as a person horribly <laughs> and it was it was just just some spectacular work on his end um and it was yeah i mean not many actors get to play in two timelines in the same scene so i'm i was like are you are you kidding me this is the coolest the coolest thing yeah. let me talk with my hands <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was I was curious about that aspect of it from Ray's side as well, because, Ray, you often are reacting to Addison, you know, like Soto Voce, right? And then there's someone else in front of you, but Addison's in front of you and Addison's over here. And I know that it's not sort of like the same dynamic where there is an actual actor doing the lines that you're reacting to. So you're reacting to Addison in two different ways in two different time periods. So it's just fascinating to me how seamless it all looked. Because it's you're this and this and this and this, and obviously you're in two different takes there. So the way they edited it together was was amazing. But was that a specific challenge to to try to get that as integrated as possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely had to do a little more homework than going into other scenes that are more straightforward. Um, but essentially past Addison also doesn't know that I, I have a hologram with me. So she, she's, I have to still pretend like this is a person that right. I can't reveal anything to. So essentially that rule doesn't change the hardest adjustment for me because, uh, the actress doubling Caitlin, she was more soft-spoken than Caitlin. Everyone is more soft-spoken than Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it was kind of jarring. <laughs> it, was, it was jarring um, to be acting with past Addison and then 
have Addison's double. And I'm like, okay, that's what I, and then we would switch around and then now I'd be reacting to, and the volume was just, it was just punched up and the intensity was coming. So I'm like, I'm, I'm glad we got to like, just like hop back and forth in that because had we done everything one direction with me, just past Addison, past Addison, past Addison, I, I would have lost that and I should have known better. Uh, but it was just, it was just, but, but, but it was just, it was like, yeah. Um, uh, essentially I didn't have to do much acting on that end because it was just, you know, Caitlin brings, and she was coming off of like, I think you had like a good like time to like, you, you had like four days or three days off or something, right? Like you were, we're coming back from the weekend. I think we were shooting on a Monday. Oh. Yeah. You, you were like, woo, I am so, I got so much. Air. I am ready. I was like, oh my God. I have to deal with Caitlin with that energy, past Addison with her energy, current Addison with this energy. And I'm just like, I'm, I, I, whatever, if there was uh, any sort of me being, um, just uh just thrown for a loop that was not acting uh i was really discombobulated <laughs> um yeah a lot of fun that day <laughs> <laughs> i have to ask about the kissing scene uh, that that final kiss even, even though it's still 2018 addison but you, you you still get the kiss and and make contact and it's been like we've been hoping for that all season because the hologram, of course, can't touch you, and you're always trying to touch. So what was that kiss like and everybody cheering in the background and Ian saying, I like it, and all that stuff? Which was improvised. Really? By wow. The <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> Mason, <laughs> Mason, awesome. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was cathartic in a way. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know if you could hear her. She's screaming, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it, I was, I was very nervous, um, as, as Ben, as, as Ray, you know, it just, you know, this, this has to happen. Uh, we've been wanting it to happen and how, how are we going to make this happen? And we didn't, it wasn't really planned out really. We didn't really block it much. You know, we just set the marks and they said, go. And, you know, we just, we just went for it. And then, it sort of started like um, evolving too, right? Like we had the files in hand and the files would drop or like they would get slapped out of the hand, you know, like it just started taking on its own shape. And, you know, what ended up becoming was, at least for me, just a really beautiful moment of a, a cathartic release, uh, almost mm-hmm. a, an exhale of like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I get to touch you and I get to mm-hmm. kiss you and I, we get to be in the same space present together. So, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, it was lovely. Uh, for, it was interesting for me because I was, I was in past Addison mode, mm-hmm. which you have to have, like, I had a, I had a theater teacher that one time said, um, he called it selective amnesia. Where like before a scene, you kind of got to drop a lot of what you know, to to be present in like the circumstance. So there was a lot of me that had to drop like I was like this this relationship with this Addison and that Ben is still newer. We're coworkers that obviously really like each other. You know what I mean? Um so I really had to like try and hold on to that reality so that I didn't sell a different thing or else, you know, it's gonna look too comfortable. Too like it should be like a, a bit of a surprise. But it was I mean it was a but as we finally found it, you can't help but know. And then like 
Nanrissa and Ernie and Mason are just being ridiculous in the background. <laughs> so, and it, it's our job, like, Caitlin. It's our job. Fun and, and cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and, and it just felt, it felt like so earned more than earned after the season. Uh, which was like, and you know, when you have a camera guy spinning around you in a kiss and you're like, this might be chase ball, but like, it didn't feel like it. It felt earned. It felt lovely. It felt like friends and lovers and, and, and a whole year of work. Um, but I will also say since Ray's been so helpful in, in, in these interviews that morning, speaking of his lovely daughter, who you just heard in the background, the first thing out of Ray's mouth to me is, my daughter sneezed in my mouth last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that morning that we're doing. <laughs> I am I am the bringer of all germs to set. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. We didn't get sick. Didn't no. Get sick. That's good. Yeah. That's good. In watching that scene, I couldn't help but be reminded of the pilot and the engagement party where we see them touch hands for the last time. And then uh, my mind jumped immediately to Salvation or Bust, where you're sidling up to Ben, so clearly wanting to jump his bones. And <laughs> it, it's just like it, it you don't know it because you're in the season and it's going so gradually. But then once you get to that moment, it's like, oh, my God, this has been building for so long. So I, I just, you know, was that something that you think also happened organically between you as the season went on? Or is that something that you kind of planned out in your head of where are we going to be here? Where are we going to be here? Where are we going to be here? I'm, I'm just curious to know, like, the process or, you know, or even if there is a process. For me, um. Well, truthfully, we didn't know where we were going. I, I think there, that, that, that requires an amount of foresight and like episodes written that we just weren't. So I think what at least I did was just try and go on the journey step by step. And luckily they wrote those moments in. Um, but uh, so I do think it happened organically. The answer is A. Um, I do think there was an organic growth of who this couple is, who they were and who they are now. And as I said before, you know, I tried really hard to stay in past Addison, but I mean, the truth is, is like, you can't help but live the life that we've lived and do the year that we've done to have the relationship that I have. And, and I think in a cool way, similar to, um, episode 15 SOS when I was talking to uh, Brandon Routh, who played my father, where the rules seem to be a little, well, you can't, he can't hear you, but maybe a little bit he can. And I do think there was a version of like, Pass Addison can't possibly know what's to come, what this relationship's going to be. What, Cause we had, we had to find that out through out the season as actors and as characters. But there is a little bit of truth of like, maybe she did a little. And so maybe it's a little okay that, that, that the weight of that kiss wasn't just the first kiss that they had, which is already a big, big thing. But it was the first kiss that they had that felt like the biggest kiss that they had. And I think that I hope that came across and, and it felt like it did. And I, it was almost like a little sad after. I remember Ray and I after when like, we just gave each other like a little squeeze, like, 
we got there. Interesting. I, I never even considered that wrinkle that, but you're right. That's a completely different Addison that didn't go through any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it still came across that way on screen. So I guess, you know, as fans, we were looking for it, hoping for it. Good. And you guys, I hope it, it did. You shouldn't have been, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, yeah. That was, that was what we were hoping for. And Rissa, and talking about uh, Judgment Day and that kissing scene and everything happening, uh, that brings up the whole uh, 2018 grunge era Project Quantum Leap headquarters. And you and uh, Mason uh, and and that whole quiz team, uh, Aguilera, and that whole situation and Turtle Time. Can you talk a little about that? About that? That was so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I think... um, I think, you know, we had some ideas that like, what was Jen in 2018 and when, what was the dynamic like there? Mm. And, and, uh, and I was really pleased with what we came up with. I think the wardrobe, right? She, she's a bit younger. She's a, a, a bit greener, a little more rough and tumble, you know? And so I had a great time with Genevieve, our, our, um, our costume designer kind of piecing that together and with Misa in makeup, figuring all of that fun stuff out. Um, and then when I saw Ian, 2018 Ian. I mean, I almost lost it. So like, you know, half the time, like Chris Grismer, who directed <laughs> that episode is a brilliant director. Um, was had, had, had said that we looked like, uh, an eighties, like German, like pop band or punk band or something. And so we spent half the episode just speaking mm-hmm. in like German mm-hmm. accents. Mason's <laughs> German accent is fantastic. If they come back on the show, ask them to do it. Cause they're fantastic at it. Mine is, uh, not so much, but I tried, I tried. And so, so uh, I think, I think I'm really excited. Go, go ahead. <laughs> it was not, I'm scared to do it here. It was very, it was a lot of things about like, oh, we are German. Oh, don't look at us. We are on our way to school. You know, just things like that. Um, um, but I think Sultry we, we German. Both, <laughs> yes, yes. Very coy. Um, uh, we spent a lot of time just sort of, I think, <laughs> goofing off like um uh in between takes and weirdly enough i think that it actually helped like for the energy of 2018 um ian and jen Uh, yeah i was going to ask about that because everybody had to make these subtle shifts but you guys were so i I don't want to say over the top but so blatantly different Mm -hmm. as characters did it make it easier to play a different version of yourself I especially love the the, the eye makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Misa did a great job with that. Um, I think uh, I don't know that it was easier. You know, we didn't really discuss it very much. It's just something that I think is particularly between Mason and I that we just sort of fell into. I mean, of course, like you, you know you see the dialogue and, and, and the interactions and sort of the compositions of scenes. But I, I, I think it was, it was, it felt pretty organic, honestly. Um, and then the dynamic between the team is, it was so too, fun. Right. I think the first time I saw you and Mason in the new regalia was when I was, I was held up in the cube and then y'all burst mm-hmm. in, right. To like come in. And I, I remember, taking a picture of you, I, 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 you know, I showed it to you, like just how you looked in rehearsals when you were just barging in. And it was, it was, it was Jen, but it was younger Jen. Like you were saying a little bit more rough around the edges, just a little bit more higher energy. And I was like, Whoa, like what is going on? And, and I, I, 
I, I rarely take pictures of our, my scene partner in during rehearsals, but I was like, what is happening here? Let me just, <laughs> I have some, I have great, yeah, I have some great pictures of you just entering the scene. Um, yeah, like new look, new energy, like tougher vibe, just like all of it was, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much like prep you did, but I definitely felt it on this end and being like, whoa, this is wild. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, Ray. I honestly, you know, now listening to you talk about it, I think probably this is this is random and like surface, but I think some of it had to do with the shoes. Because they they put me in Jordans, like oh. it was just like versus you, you know usually uh-huh. I wear like a four or five inch heel and like I can't walk that fast in a five yeah. inch heel, but in a Jordan I can come screaming yeah. in, you know. And so, oh, shoes are shoes are everything. Shoes are what informs. Yeah, I I, I it, they say always like rehearse in the shoes that you're gonna be in on the day, right? Like, because just it gives you so much more. Um, it just informs so much about the character. Um, yeah, I, I think so too. I think, and those Jordans were fly, like, they were like, they were, yeah, they were like a piece, yeah, yeah, they were um, dope. yeah, so fun. I would also say that as a leaper, uh, shoes are double important for you, Ray, because uh, you might be in heels one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, and 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 that's the that's the that's the stuff, right? Like, uh, you know, in the um, in the um, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the title of that episode. Ben Ben Song, ben Song, for, the ben Song for the defense. That's right. Yeah, and uh, you know those those heels really informed. It, it wasn't a specific character choice. Those shoes hurt so much that the only way that I can get from here to there is by like trying to like just go as fast as possible. And it's almost like ripping the bandaid off with every step. Like if I'm going to go from here to there, I'm just going to run I just scamper and then just, just go. And then it kind of ended up becoming a, a character choice, which eventually served for the purposes of that leap, like served me really well to just know where this person lives and in a constant state of tightness because of all the case files and just the stress of being in a courtroom. And like, just, it's just every step is painful until you like eventually remove the shoes and you're like, ah, oh, here I am now with my, with my, you know, my girlfriend is just, uh, okay, maybe I can relax here. And then, and then back to this. And so shoes have so much of a part in creating a role. So I get it, Nance. <laughs> Since we're on Ben's song for the defense, I wanted to ask because uh, obviously we've touched on this. Um, as viewers, we are used to seeing all of you on screen, but it is very rare to see the two of you working together or was until that point. So um, can you tell me a little bit about what it was like getting to work together properly for the first time and the the comic uh, vibe that the two of you had off each other? What was that like discovering? <laughs> I, I wasn't surprised. I think knowing Ray in person and what I, and the energy that I get from Ray and knowing myself, (laughs) I just, I knew that there was going to be a lot of opportunity for some, uh, uh, you know, comedic back and forth and, 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 and watching Ray's work, you know, Ray's comedic timing is so good. His physicality is so good. And his physical comedy is so good that I knew that like, it would just, we would just come in and it would just be like, Ooh, you know, and I think we had a great time. I, we, that episode got broken up a little bit because, um, because I actually, I actually got COVID 
and I don't know if I'm allowed to, I mean, I think I am. It's my body, it's my body, my body, my choice. I actually got COVID. And so yeah. they had to push some stuff <laughs> around. So I didn't, I didn't get to, um, have like the, you know, that sort of cohesive everyday experience with Ray that I, I had been looking forward to, but, um, but you know, just like with old friends, you kind of come back and you just like drop right in. And I think, uh, I suspect the dynamic between Jen and Ben, I think that there's a lot of overlap in that dynamic and the dynamic between Ray and I in real life. I think so. I'm, I'm really glad that, that some of that translated. Yeah. Like, I, you know, when I, whenever I I'm with Nanrissa, I feel, I, I feel like I've known you for a long time. You know, it's like, I like, I don't know if it's because we're both Lees or what, but like, you know, there's just like a familiarity there that I've always felt with you. And it was really nice because it, it felt more so than having like, and I, you know, like, I'm not that, I'm not that like woo woo, but I believe in like, um, you know, when sometimes you meet somebody and it just, you get along so well right away, you're like, we might've known each other in a past life. I don't know. Like, because this just feels too easy, you know? And, and in that leap, there was that, you know, it's like, I, Ben doesn't remember Jen, but somehow some way, uh, and, but, you know, Addison says like, this is someone that you can trust, trust. So I'm like, okay. But there was very little reluctance as Ben to trust Jen, to be like, all right, uh, you're helping me. Let's just, I put my life in your hands. So let's do this. Help me through this leap. Um, and yeah, it was just so much fun. You know, it's, it's great. A mixing it up with a, a different energy, um, and, and B just to get to have that dynamic at play. And, um, it just made me look forward to more of that, you know, and, and just getting, and it also just helps Ben inform like, oh, these were my friends at Quantum Leap headquarters, as opposed to like, man, this was a really toxic place to work. No wonder he left or something. You know what I mean? It's like, no, this is a place that he probably, you know, and, and these are all people that he let down essentially, or made him, made them lose faith in him by doing this. And just kind of broke my heart more as Ben being like, well, I love these people so much. And the, this is another person who I had to leave behind. Um, but yeah, it, it was, um, it was a very, very fun episode. I think, uh, as far as just it being almost a screwball comedy at times, I think we really mm -hmm. nailed it. Yeah, I, I noticed that aspect of it as well, Ray, when you got to do scenes with Mason in the um, Friendly Skies episode, the second they came on set, you guys were just, uh, you know, there, like sync, like you, <laughs> you remembered them like that. And yeah. you, we always hear that they're best friends and they always say, oh, I miss my best friend. And, but when you guys got on screen, the chemistry was, oh my God, they're best friends. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, another thing that like, you know, I, I think t to a lot of uh, one another's credit, we, we're all very intuitive beings and we know this as a, as a storyline, as a plot point that they're best friends. So subconsciously, Mason and I, it was always yes ending each other from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, Mason, you mm -hmm. want to go there? I can meet you there. How about I one up you there? It's like, oh, and then, but that's what best <laughs> friends do. 
and yeah. impossible to one up Mason, by the way. So, you know, I had my work cut out for me a lot of those days. So a lot, you're just working at the height of your intelligence, the height of everything and in, in instinct. And knowing that we've are, are already built this um, story and this, the, the dynamic, it, it's and us being intuitive. It just, if it all felt right, you know, and uh, Mason has this incredible ability to focus in a moment at a moment's notice and it's something that I, I cannot do, uh, and it's impossible to to try to wrangle Mason, right? They they've got so much energy coming out of every orifice, <laughs> and so it's like I, I just have to be as present as possible and just kind of be ready for whatever Mason throws. And it it's it's almost a really incredible thing that Mason has the ability to take out of your head in that way. Um, sometimes it's, it's wild to have in a scene where you need uh, just to focus more, but sometimes also too, we're taught in acting to just let go. So it's, uh, it's a great lesson that you're forced into doing um, where, okay, I just have to be present with you. I have no choice. And if my words aren't memorized for this scene, then it's going to be what it is. Um, <laughs> but it allows for you to or, or react very organically to someone like Mason because they have that. Yeah, that came across in spades on screen. So so, mm. so good job there. Ray, uh, yes. Ray, I have to ask about the fight scene across time with you and Walter Perez. Can you, can you talk about that? That was an amazing part of the episode. <laughs> How difficult was that to coordinate and shoot a, so many different locations? And just, can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, in fact, when we did our very first fight scene for that episode, we were in the episode at the asylum. And the, the episode 18 hasn't been given to us yet. So all the only thing I had were two pages of what that fight was and the dialogue in it. And just this idea that we're going to be fighting through time. So contextually, I'm just like, okay, so we're just filming a fight scene out of sequence with no context really to, to go off of. But okay, I mean, you know, we're in great hands with Grismer so, and Margarita, so let's, let's just do this. And it was wild because I just had to take a break from that asylum episode to fight for like half a day. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> It, it ended up becoming a really, really great working relationship with Walter because, you know, we got very lucky that not only is he great at what he does, but he also is very good with his body. He has great coordination. He was trained uh, as a boxer at one point. He's a dancer. And this is just the perfect alchemy for anybody you want as a dance partner. And he was very quick to get onto these things because... You know, if you're not working with um, a stunts person, you just have an actor, it can be very random, their skill set. And you don't know what they could be capable of because even within the choreography, there's storytelling. And that's sometimes you can't, you, you get come across an actor where they can't do both. They could do one, but they can't do the storytelling. So they have to just get in real tight and just get reaction shots. But you know, with Walter, we got really lucky because he was very good at all of these things and um, has a great presence on screen. He's kind of the person that, you you, you know, inscrutable at times, but also very uh, aggressive at times. And just, you know, we had a lot of fun. I, it, it felt like an old buddy that we were just playing pretend. <laughs> 
Um, I got this great uh, video clip. Uh, somebody was recording the fight scene that was happening above the saloon. And there's this one, <laughs> there's this one move where Thomas Vu, my stunt double, he does like a front flip, like he throws me over and uh, nobody wanted me to do that. I barely knew I could do that, but we were so in the scene that I ended up doing it. And it's caught on video where you see <laughs> as the flip is happening, Walter goes like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I do it. <laughs> and it's obviously like a very pathetic attempt. And it was so <laughs> slow and like so not cool. And you just see him. He just, he's, he froze for the moment because I wasn't supposed to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And he, you just see him c come out of character. He's blatantly laughing at me. <laughs> Me. And he's like, oh shit, we got more fight left. And then so we're, we get back into it and we finish the fight. <laughs> but um, we did, we had such a great laugh about it. Like the whole time we had so much fun and we were giggling because like, I can't believe we get to do this for a living. Like I used to do this when I was 10 years old by myself, like punching, punching the couch and like, like reacting to people who weren't there. And like, now we, we got to do that. But yeah, um, we got very lucky with Walter and um, I, I'm just so cool that a fight through time conceptually it's so wild um and we pulled it off so i'm very happy with all of that uh i mean we've had a great conversation over the last hour about all the stuff that's come before so maybe i could ask um maybe starting with nanressa uh, what what are you hoping for from your character for the next season and and all the developments around that i'm hoping to see more evolution of Jen, but also in a way that where she acknowledges her past, I think. Um, um, and I don't, I had this discussion really not with anybody, but, but I think if I could choose for my character, I would love to see, um, to show the audience a little bit more about the world in which she came from. And I think that would help to explain why she is the way she is and why she makes the choices that she does. And um, yeah, I would also be curious to explore more of that myself. That and Cagney and Lacey with, with Addison, if, if we could do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kaylin, how about your hopes for Addison? Well, I think my hopes for Addison are dependent on what happens in season two. So you're not going to get me today, Matt. Uh, <laughs> what the try nice <laughs> you see through me uh well but what my hopes for the show are is that we really lean into this 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 thing that we found in kind of 14 on but but really heavily more 15 yeah uh yeah 14 on so from sos through um nanrissa's leap to uh f you know from all of these things because what we really saw was the family. And I think that this show shines because of the cast and it differentiates itself from the old show because it's an ensemble. It's not just two people. Yeah. And, you know, because of just, just the structure of what this is, there was a lot of that like bifurcation of, Ray and Addison or Ray and Caitlin, Ben and Addison and, and then the team. And what I really like is once we start moving the chess pieces together and you really see how the family dynamics work, like I want Ray and Ernie to disagree about something, you know, I want, I want to see these, see, see how all of that works together and how you complete the family regardless of where anybody is. 
um, I think that's I think that's where this show can have its strength, um, and and I really hope for that in the next season. Cool. And Ray, we yes. we know that you're going to get bludgeoned to death at the start of the next season. Um, <laughs> but uh, assuming that, you're, as a viewer looking in, what are you hoping for? Um, well, you know, being trapped to a hospital bed for the first seven episodes is a really <laughs> tough way to act. Uh, I'll be they're going to be feeding me through a tube. I'll be speaking through a speaking. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I want to echo a lot of what Caitlin said. Um, you know, we, uh, we are an ensemble and I feel like when, when we're, when we get uh, an opportunity to deepen all these relationships, it just makes for just overall a, a, a whole story and we get a better picture of everything. And it allows for so many, um, paths to splinter off and and stories and sub stories and 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 how those sub stories can all come back and you know if if the first season we relied a lot on mythology and um the science of time travel and you know and we still have the space to serialize those aspects like why not that be the the through lines for the relationships of mm -hmm. each of the characters um and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to digging in deeper. As as we all know our characters better, we know the show better. Uh, the writers know our voice, um, and I think we're really going to fly in season two. Um, and we, you know, we we we're we're at a really great place. And and credit to our writers, they've just crafted such an incredible way to wrap up the first season. And you know what once was a little bit just like, Oh, a bummer. We don't get a break between these things is now is kind of a blessing rolling straight into it because there's no um, period of getting back into the groove of things. I, I think we're just going to roll right into it and carry, carry that energy straight through. And, and I think, um, you know, now almost being done with episode four, we're, we're at a very good place. Um, the show is, very strong, stronger than ever before. And I think um, it's just the viewers are going to love what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I just, just to see more growth there with the team. That is a terrific thing to hear because it's just, it's fascinating to me that we're 18 episodes into a brand new show and we feel like, okay, that was the origin story, the past, this prologue. Now we're mm. really set to go with this new quantum leap. And uh, there's only, you know, so much possibility to spring forth from here. So it just bodes so well for the future of the series and where the series could go. And we as fans could not be more thrilled. So Ray, Nanrissa, Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to appear with us again here on the Quantum Leap podcast. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to the fans. And we can't wait to pick your brains about season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, thank you yeah and and uh yeah we love you guys um thank you for everything uh, your involvement with this the whole our entire journey that you've been with us from the start um we just you know in the beginning it's like what there's a group of folks who have been talking about the show even while it wasn't going on and <laughs> and what is this and i i had my reservations in just in terms of like am i going to be met with a lot of just 
I don't know, you know, you're, I'm not Scott Bakula, you know, that's all that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I mean, y'all have just embraced us and I'm just so grateful and thankful for you guys and, and your involvement with our journey and and all of this that we're all taking together. So yeah, thank you, you so much for, for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to second that. It's, um, it's scary to step into a IP like this that has such a strong love for it because nobody wants to do a bad job and you know you guys and a couple of the other podcasters there's it's a good bellwether of of how how it's going um and you've been kind and warm and encouraging and you know we watch it's so uh so thank you for that and thank you to the fans uh thank you for coming with us and giving us a chance to to make your quantum leap alive again mm-hmm.